Hi everybody, my name is Brendan Malone and you're listening to The Dispatches Podcast. Every single Friday from the end of December until the start of February, we're giving you the chance to sample just some of the awesome subscriber-only podcast content that our $5 monthly patrons have been exclusively enjoying over the past 12 months. If you like what you hear in this episode and you want more of it, then all you need to do is become a patron of The Dispatches with $5 or more per month at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Or even easier, you can just click on the link in today's show notes and sign up that way. All of our subscriber-only episodes of The Dispatches podcast are now available on Spotify as well, which makes the listening even easier. One more quick thing before we start this free episode of The Dispatches. In 2024, we're going to be launching an awesome new website called The Forge. The Forge is an online platform that will offer lots of new, high-quality video, audio, and live stream content to help you shape your life and your intellect in the fires of goodness, truth, and beauty. The website is still being built, but there is a splash page that is live right now, so head on over to theforge.org.nz and leave your email address so that you can be the first to know when the forge is live and the fires have been lit. The link is in today's show notes. Right, without any further ado, let's jump into this free edition of the Dispatches podcast. And until next time, don't forget, live by goodness, truth and beauty, not by lies. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Conservations, the podcast which got its name by literally combining the words conservative and conversations, which is exactly what happens on this show every month. Each episode, we host a conversation with at least one other guest where we go in-depth on a topic or hear about their experiences on this journey we all share together called life. The aim of this show is to foster and promote dialogue which cultivates goodness, truth and beauty, and in doing so, unpacks the richness of the authentic conservative tradition. My hope is that you'll find these conservative conversations intellectually engaging and enriching, and that they will draw you ever more deeply into an authentic, truly flourishing and more meaningfully lived human experience. In this episode, we're going to be talking to Dr. Robert Loretz about the profound importance of virtue for societies and individuals who want to flourish. New Zealand-born Dr. Robert Loretz has a Doctorate of Philosophy and Ethics on the thesis Deep Friendship, Virtue and Fulfillment, and a Master of Music with First Class Honours, both from the University of Auckland. He also studied Advanced Theology and Philosophy in both New Zealand and France. Robert is an international speaker in philosophy, theology and sacred music, giving talks and seminars to laity, religious and clergy in New Zealand, Australia and the United States. He has a passion for restoring deep and reverent music to the church and has composed over 70 hymns. He is currently also working on a rap opera comedy called Cinderella. Robert is an engaging teacher who communicates depth with simplicity reverence and a touch of humour. He loves to make profound truths accessible to people of all ages and backgrounds. So without any further ado, let's have this profoundly important conversation with Dr. Robert Loretz about why virtue matters so very much for individuals and societies that wish to truly flourish.
Robert, thank you so much. You're back again. Hello. Thank you, Brendan. Nice to be here. Couldn't stay away. Yeah, well, who could? <laughs> we had so much um, well, I was gonna say popular feedback about that last episode where we talked about sacred music. Discerning audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I, I've, I'm, I'm not going to talk publicly right now about it, but after we're finished here today, I've got a, a, an idea or two I want to talk to you about for next year. So, so I think, you know, the people have, have willed it. <laughs> the people are calling for it. We must give them what they want. The, the, the good people of God and the people who don't even know they're people of God. It's wonderful. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Let's uh, start our conversation today uh, by talking about virtue. And it is a word that probably, ironically, we kind of hear not enough of and too much of, in a sense. People throw that word around, but I don't think they really know how to use it accurately. Um, right. and, and, we, and that's what I mean. We don't hear enough about the truth of what virtue is and what it's not. And it seems to me, and I was thinking about our conversation today, that if you want to understand virtue and the virtues properly, you actually need to understand two things first. You need to understand the Greek thought on virtue, particularly Aristotle. He's hugely important. But that's not enough. You also need to understand the Christian elevation of that thought that comes later into the fullness of truth because otherwise something's not complete, right? Grace to virtues, yeah. Is that a fair assessment? Exactly. Now, because we've always understood as Catholics that grace builds on nature. Mm. Um, God doesn't come to replace everything and start again. He heals, elevates, and lifts it up into a higher life. Mm. And that includes our, I mean, that even includes our um, our lower instincts, if you want to say, yeah. or our love for pleasure or our, or our wanting to avoid pain. All the normal emotions that we have, because we're animals as well. Yeah. Um, virtue, for a start, takes them up higher and puts them in the service of something higher, yeah. so that they don't dominate and destroy us. And then this grace goes on top of that and puts it into an even higher finality. So yeah. it's actually it's actually about what your end is. So um, if you're if you're living for yourself and you haven't worked out that another person's worth loving deeply um, or worth knowing deeply or worth caring about or whatever. So in other words, the way little children usually start their life. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and some people never get past that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's what Paul says, right? When I was a child, I thought and yeah, acted as a child. Yeah. Something's got to pull us out of that to the other. As mm. And... and um, uh, I think I think virtue and friendship need to be looked at together in the in Aristotle's thought, yes. because his whole quest is about happiness, and and what makes a human being truly happy. Yeah. And um and basically in chapter one of his ethics he he explores a whole series of how do we work out what 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 is what our main um, end is, and and he comes to happiness, but he also brings forth the idea that, you know, well, not everyone wants to be happy. That's why they do everything ultimately. And yet we all, there's so many different thoughts on what will bring happiness. Mm. Is it status? Is it wealth? Is it glory? Is it fame? Is it um, comfort? Is it pleasure? You know, what will bring happiness? And um, and then he looks for that and he, he goes through several arguments in chapter one. And in the end, he comes to the act of virtuous life mm. is actually the happy life. But he, he gets there by some interesting routes. We could look at that if you like. And and, and another one is, um, and then near the end of his book, he suddenly, he, after going through a whole lot of virtues and what they are, 
he approaches the topic of friendship and he says, now we come to friendship, which is a virtue or is like a virtue. Yeah. And he says, um, and he, he brings up the point, um, without friends, no one would choose to live, though he had all other goods. Yeah. So suddenly you realize the happy life isn't just the virtuous act of life, it's the life of real friendship yeah. for which the virtues operate. You know, they, you have the virtues for relationships. Yeah, it's, so, it's so, outward, it's yeah. directed towards outward. and yeah. to other, not just a thing. Yeah, so so it's not a quest of self-perfection, like, mm. um, uh, you know, the. I mean, we could all start that way because, because actually immaturity is the road to maturity. Yeah. So, so you, you know, no one starts perfect. And we don't start in these deep friendships in life. We start off um, making a lot of little pleasure friendships around pleasant people we like and also useful friendships around projects that we're doing. And then somehow the person within those sort of friendships becomes a lot more important to us. And we start caring about them. We start missing them when they're not there. You know, we start wanting to be with them more. We want to share our life, mm. and we start to love somebody's life and being, not just their their usefulness or how much they, you know, we get on with them and have a nice time when we're together. That kind of thing. So we go beyond what we're getting out of it yeah. to the other person who we care about. And th at that point, you know, we really want to be better because at the end mm. of the day, if we're not honest, if we're not courageous, if we're not um, generous, um, you know, we're going to let our friend down and uh, the people we love down because um, the minute it gets tough, we'll run away, run for cover, say, oh, bro, you're on your own, uh, you know, and, you're, oh, not a real friend, you know. Um, but but if, if it is someone we really care about, we suddenly are naturally stronger for them anyway. Mm. We want to. We want to be there. We want to sacrifice. We don't usually want to sacrifice for our workmates or our um just our casual friends at the pub. No. But but we want to sacrifice when, when we really realize that someone's really important to us. And um, so they go hand in hand. The growth of virtue and the growth of friendship go together. Yeah, well, and it's essential, yeah. right, because you – um, you see that with Aristotle and that the you know the three types of friendship he identifies and yep. it's it's a journey always upwards you know from utility where it's like I guess like a business yes. contract only exists yep. because we've got something in it then pleasure yep. uh, which is we both enjoy it but then the highest one is that friendship of virtue where I seek the good of the other yes. you know and yes. and all of a sudden everything's transformed and like I, for me it was quite a profound revelation in his work that natural law truth that he stumbles on really and yep. and unveils yep. about that it's the virtuous friendship isn't just good for the person who receives virtuous friendship. Yeah. It's essential for the person to give virtuous friendship to another. Exactly. And, and when it's developing, um, the, the interesting thing about it, it, it happens almost without us noticing um, mm. in that we have lots of good, we have what we quite enjoy friendships and we don't analyze them too much. Mm. And then, um, but, but we notice, um, we notice especially when we really, Mark the absence of somebody, you know. Yeah. Um, if you say I miss you in English, um, sort of sounds like a target that you're missing, you know. I, 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 I'm <laughs> yeah. aiming for you, but missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in French, they say, Tu me manques. You are lacking to me when you're not there. Wow. And, 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 in, and in Italian, they say, Sentito la mancanza di te. I sense the lack of you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, the world's not the same when you're not there. So the framing is not the I. It's on the other. Yeah. Well, it's, they're all they're all getting at the same thing. But you know, it's like we're, 
your absence actually carries a weight now yeah. because your presence carries a weight that that is not the normal weight of presence you know like it's like the, if we look, look at the difference between knowledge and love um when you know something, it's like in your toolbox, you know? Yeah. So you know Pythagoras' theorem, so you know how to find the side of a right-angled triangle if you needed to. Not that you ever do need to, but, you know, yeah. um, once in a while. It would be really exciting <laughs> if you then. ever got to use that thing. <laughs> but you don't carry yeah. it around in your heart like something, like a treasure uh, that's so precious. Yeah. But you do carry it as a thing you know yeah. or, or whatever you know, you know. When you learn a new thing and get a new fact or whatever, it's stored away. It'll come up in a conversation. It might come in handy. A bit of know-how, how to do something. Again, um, it's it's, so, it's still like a toolbox. It's a piece of trivia though that's still self-referential to the individual, right? Yes, yeah, so it's part of our kit set for life to yeah. go well. But but when we carry a person in our heart, it's completely different. You know. Yeah. Um, we're not carrying a thing we're possessing. Yeah. We're not carrying a thing we're in control of. That that because I mean. We can think we're in control of people, but that's never going to be a right relationship. It'll be, yeah. it'll be, um, it's an abuse, like a narcissist thing. And that's just what I was thinking when you were saying yeah. that is, as if the moment you treat a person as a piece of utility or as, you know, oh, look, I know Robert Lorette's, yeah, yeah, and it's about me knowing you, yeah, yeah, and then and it's a, you recognize actually, that's something's a good dysfunctional. Point. That's a good know? point because what, what we, what, what's so strange about love is that it goes much further than knowledge. So, like, yeah. like, um, I know something about you. I know, mm. I know, you know, I might even know a lot about you, but I love you more than I know you because mm. love is, love is not, is not the love of my knowledge of you. Yeah. It's the, it's the love of you and your goodness. Yeah. And your goodness, I can't really properly define. I can't really articulate. If somebody said, well, 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 well why, why do you love Brendan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. probably people ask Katie that um, <laughs> all the time. Well, yeah, like like Katie's mum or something. You know, why do you love Brendan? No, 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 I'll tell no you she's, story she's about probably that. a fine lady. I don't know her. No, no, yeah. I, I was, I was, um, I was, I was at uh, at a school once speaking, and I always introduce myself and I show a photo of my wife, so her and I standing yeah. together, and this young girl in this North Island school just pipes up, totally uninvited, and she goes. Wow, you're punching up, aren't you, sir? <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, I am. Yeah. But I was like, thank you. Yeah, Don't be yeah, so rude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lovable as well. There you go. <laughs> and, and it's not all looks, bro. No. <laughs> no, Just ninety percent. <laughs> but, but yeah, no. Um, so so we we tend to we tend to love a person because it's basically love is a response to goodness. Yeah. And um, goodness has many levels, so that's why love has many levels. You know. Mm. So. Um, it's legitimate to say oh, I love water when you're really thirsty. Yeah, I'd love a drink of water. I'd love, I, you know, you love what you really need instinctively when you're when you're in danger of, you know, not surviving. Yeah. So um, that's a instinctive love. Then there's the love of pleasurable tastes and smells and colors and sounds. Going and back to that point that's a though, sexual love, instinctive love. Yeah. It does seem to me though that you're. Your love is really for the good of your own survival, rather than the thing that will yep. get it. It's, bu it. it's built into us. It's a transitional yeah. love, transactional yeah. love. Yeah. Well, it's basically an animal love because because mm. the animals have it too. Mm. And, and and the thing with Aristotle, which is really nice about Aristotle, he notices what we have in common with all living things. So that he call that maybe the vegetative level, because even the grass has this in common with us, which is which is that we eat and we grow and we yeah. reproduce. And we breathe. Those are the kinds of things we do that are in common with every living thing. Yeah. And then 
animals have this weird thing where they get sense knowledge. So they suddenly are aware of something around them and responding to it. And then with sense knowledge always is an affectionate knowledge. So with an affectionate response, like I love that sound or I hate it. I love that smell or I hate it. You yeah. know, I'm drawn to that or I'm a, that's an aversion. Mm. And, and so we've got a passional response. And that, well, that's all in the animals. And we, we find ourselves having that as well. But ours is a, Ours is always a bit different because it's penetrated more by intelligence, but it's still there like an animal passion. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we have higher things as the difference between the human and the other animals is the spiritual element. Mm. And that's where we have, um, first of all, our creativity, which is wonderful. We, 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 we make all kinds of things. We transform the whole earth, um, you know. Animals, we don't see other animals doing that. Yeah. And, and and we communicate, we talk, we have these shows because yeah. because we're able to put our concepts into symbolic sounds and share them so we can share our heart. All of that animals aren't doing even if they're barking and meowing. No. And and um Well it's a desire too for transcendence in a sense, because yeah. I create a thing to try and live on in some way in that thing, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the, the human aspirations come through all the arts. Yeah. And and, and also um, our communication is, is 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 part of our it's just part of our spiritual nature. And then and then we've got our our obviously our intellect and its highest thing is to know the truth. Yeah. And uh, the heart is to love the good. Yeah. And um You've always got to know there's a thing to love because if you didn't if you did, if it didn't know you at all you know if you didn't know somebody you couldn't love them yeah so you could at least know they're there and secondly know that they're good there's some goodness in them well that again mm. can I stop you there because that's another distortion again where we, we can recognise like um, a stalker of a celebrity they don't know the person at all but right. they develop a total fantasy of love yeah. that's not real love an obsession yeah yeah an yeah, obsession yeah. is not a love yeah yeah that's right. And that and that's an interesting one because that's an that's an example of a warped imaginative love. Yeah, we haven't got to that one yet, but the next one was going to be that because a romantic love, which can be a good thing, yeah, is um is also coming from an imagination in the sense that um so first of all our passional loves are our basically our responses to to nice things, yeah, and we tend to want to stay in the niceness of it, a beautiful sunny day, um, a lovely view of the beach. Whatever it is from the mountain, nice music, whatever it is, um, even pleasant company, someone's nice smile, all those things. You want to kind of bask in that. It's all lovely. But but in a certain way, those pleasures we it's a possessive love. They're for us. They're not yeah. for as Aristotle says, we don't wish wine well for its sake. You know. <laughs> we hope the wine goes well for our sake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And 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 and, and um so that that's a love that's good. It's right for the things that are like that. Yeah. But we mustn't treat another human only like that. That'd be like treating a human like an ice cream yeah. or something like that for me to consume, not for any um anything for their, Th for this is This is why whenever I talk about pornography, I always start with Aristotle's three friendships. Yeah. And then I say, well, now what's wrong with porn in light of this? And yeah. it's that very fact that a human person, first of all, there's no community or relationship between two persons. Mm. It's a, a the objectification of a person. They've been reduced to an object, so they're not even communing in any way. Mm. It's not even ut utility. It's, they're not even meeting. No. And then on top of that, I really stress the point, because we, we hear a lot today, even in our secular culture, about how bad objectification is. Mm. But what we normally do is frame it as an it's bad to objectify another person. That's true, 
But it's also probably arguable that even more damage is done to the objectifier because I mm. might not know I'm being objectified. Mm. But the person doing the objectifying is, you know, if we take Aristotle seriously, right. they are not just not experiencing the fullness of flourishing that comes mm. from the French of mm. virtue. They're moving mm. in the exact opposite direction. That's right. You know? And 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 um, he talks about he talks about the disintegration of well, he uses the word the wicked. Yeah. Um, the wicked. It sounds like a very judgmental word, but it's really just saying for him, it's about what what are you aiming at. Yeah. So um, basically, we can aim at the good and miss all the time, either because we're doing it badly or because we're weak or whatever. Yeah. And so we can wish we were good and we can try, you know, like a person struggling in an addiction. They yeah. wish they weren't. They wish they were better. They wish they were chased. They wish they were whatever. And that's falling back all the time. Um, that, that, that sort of person he calls incontinent because they're not in control of themselves. Yeah. Um, then there's another sort of person who's, who's, who's wanting to be good in a certain way, he also wants to be bad, yeah. but he fights that want strongly and he wins and he ends up fighting himself yeah. to be good. And he calls that person continent because they're holding it together, yeah. but they're not yet virtuous. They're virtuous when they want to be good and even their feelings are wanting to be good and their whole person is wanting to be good and they're rejoicing in the good. Yeah. And they're not wishing, half wishing they weren't having to be good. Yeah, because because they're fully <laughs> virtuous. Yeah. Um, but then then um, at the other end of the spectrum is the wicked who want to be bad, and they uh, they delight in being bad, and they uh, they're not trying to be bad to be bad bad, as in we don't humans we have to seek a good even when we're doing something evil. Yeah, we're seeking a hidden good in it. Well, well, or, that, that's one of the false good in it. That that's one of the great insights too, isn't it? The Greeks that um, I think it was at Socrates who talks about. The, Without virtue, there is no world because, um, like, even a band of robbers has to have the virtue of loyalty to be a band of robbers. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 And that's using a very loose word, the word virtue. But yeah, that's right. There's there's basically remnants. Yeah. Because every evil is parasitical. Yes. It's it's pulling away at a good privation of so it's what's, privation. Yeah. yeah. So good. so you're never going to have complete privation. Or you wouldn't have anything. No. So 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 um, as long as there's something, there's some semblance of the good. Yeah. In a way, so even though you know a band of, let's say there's a band of bullies in a gang that just mm. think it's funny to find someone weak and beat them up, mm. and they kind of laugh at how much that person wasn't crying out or whatever. They, you know, they're maliciously sadistic, mm. and they have their bit of pleasure together about that. But underneath, they're not actually because there's no peace in it. Mm. They're not at peace with themselves because their nature isn't actually made for that. Yeah. Um, they're actually already unraveling, even though they think they're having a good time. Yeah. So it's sort of it's like, so he he argues that the real pleasure is only really had in the virtuous. It's it's the fullest pleasure a human can have is actually in goodness, because um, all other pleasure that that is in false things. Yeah. Um, is is this sort of caricature of it, and it's and it's and it's hollow. And you can see it in the, what what the Christians call the vice of sloth, yeah. Um, where people don't want a spiritual destiny, they don't want to have to be good in a virtuous way, and they just wish they could be left alone to indulge. Yeah. And in, and in the indulgence, they become very busy. So sloth isn't the you, you're laying on your bed all day because you can't be bothered getting up. No. Sloth could be 
you're frantically busy all the time. You never stop talking. You're always restless. You never stop moving. But what you hate is silence. You hate can't being calm. You hate actually the moment where you might start to reflect. You hate sitting in front of uh, the Lord in the Eucharist or something because because it's all too much. Um, better to fill the gaps. Yeah. Uh, watch some entertainment, whatever, but not to think that I might have a spiritual calling, I might have a spiritual destiny, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, um, that's that's the in many ways too. I'd say I'd extend that to the the apatheism yeah. of our age. You know, it's it's not even so much that people disbelieve; it's this they don't don't even want to believe. It's this nihilistic apatheism. That's yeah, yeah. Them, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. It's very dangerous because the real opposite to love is actually indifference. It's not hate. Yeah. You know, yeah. hate is when you you hate something because it's threatening something you love. Yeah. If you exactly. don't care about anything, you don't hate anything. Yeah. So um, hate is like a secondary response when you when your loved thing is threatened. Yeah. Whereas indifference is like there's no thirst in your heart for anything. Yeah. You, you, and it's what we see in the seventh letter in the book of Revelation, you know. Um, you guys think you're comfortable, you think you're rich, but you're poor, you're despicable, you're wretched. Um, you know, you're lukewarm. I spit you out of yeah. Layer to see, isn't it? Church layer to see. If you are only hot or cold, but yeah. you know, if you only were full of love or hate, I could do something with you. Yeah. But indifference is like you're you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. There's no thirst. And then he, then he turns around and he says, "But I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Yeah. I'm the beggar. I'm I'm the one who's like needy and begging. Yeah. I'm teaching you to be needy again and begging. Yeah. I'm teaching you to be thirsty again." It's like he did with the woman at the well. He says, give me a drink, and he teaches her to thirst for the living yeah. water, you know? Yeah, great point. He makes himself the one. He goes humbler when we're too proud to accept him kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so 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 um, when it comes to the mystery of virtue developing, I mean, there's different levels of it because because there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a good man and trying to be a good man, but it's kind of an immaturity in virtue to if it only stayed at that level. Yeah. So like, um, and and it'd be great if if every young kid wanted to be a good man or woman one day, yeah. And they wanted to work on their virtues, whatever that means. But um, in, in actual fact, you're really working on your virtues when you start to care and love for yeah. somebody else more than you start well, to think of yourself. And th- and that's that key point, right? Of the, the the Greek insight too is that it's almost like an artisan, right? It's this is. This is the skill that you have to practice to actually become better at life itself. Yeah, yeah. There's an analogy to arts, and it's quite interesting to see that thing. Because um, Aristotle even asked that question, you know, what makes a good human? And first he says, well, we could talk about what makes a good flautist, you know, a good flute player. Yeah. Um, well, um, and, and, and is, it, is it that some people play the flute and other people add wellness to the way they play the flute? No. <laughs> um, playing yeah. the flute well is what playing the flute is. Yeah. And others are approximating playing the flute because they're not doing it well. Yeah. <laughs> but playing the flute well is full flute playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 and, and um and so but playing the flute well doesn't mean you can play the cello. No. So 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 um when we a really good chef doesn't mean we're a good mechanic. Yeah. So so you know it, we can get really refined at a, at a thing, admirable to others. It's amazing what you can do. But then what is it that makes us say that person's a good man, not just a good mechanic or a good yeah. chef or a good flautist? I think I think it's really revealing the way what, what everybody says at a funeral, you know, yeah. in the eulogies. If somebody gets up and says, well, they were very punctual, 
They were always on time for work. There was never any complaint from the timekeepers. They got, they were always there and they filled in their work card and they always left. They never left early. They left exactly on time. <laughs> you know, they sat down and that's it. Okay. Is that it? Is that great, you, great guy. One of the best timekeepers yeah. I knew. Great, great man. Yeah. <laughs> or you get the work CV read out, you know, yeah, you know yeah. all the work achievements and the work yeah. CV. But, but, I mean, it's okay to do it if you know if that's the warm up. It might be that the guy's done amazing achievements. He invented the easier yogurt maker or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to mention it. Yeah. But but if that's all you mention, you wonder what happened. You know. Uh, then you go on to uh, the, we we we're satisfied when we start to hear he was a loving husband. He was a great father. He was a wonderful grandfather. He was so generous. He was courageous. He was this. Uh, we start hearing the virtues. Yeah, and, and we and the relationships of love, which are what the virtues are for. Yeah, and then we know there's a life well lived, you know, and he loved his God and he loved his wife and all of that. Um, and you go, ah, yeah, fine, fine guy. Um, what makes a good man? And and Aristotle looking at that question, and then he says, well, he, he calls it the function argument, the ergon argument. Yeah. Um, What's the function? If if things have a function, like especially things we make as have a function, you know, egg beater has a function. Yeah. It's a good egg beater if it beats eggs. It's a bad egg beater if it won't beat the egg. <laughs> you know, unless yeah. it's a really bad egg. <laughs> Don't be a bad but, egg. Yeah, but anyway, um, has man as a whole got a function? And he starts looking for that, and he says, well, it can't be what we share with the with the vegetables. It's mm. got to be in our highest nature, our function. Mm. It's not what we share with the animals. So it's higher than our feelings. It's higher than our emotions. It's higher than our love for pleasure. So what is it? So, you know, and he keeps looking and he he takes it to our, our intellect and it can sound like he's all in the head, except we have to remember that that love is a blind force without any mind in it, yeah. without any intellect in it. Yeah. So basically love needs... There needs to be a truth content yeah. that love is involved in loving, you know. It's, yeah, it's it's not a reductionist approach yeah. into the mind yeah. at all. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's both not the and. head, not the heart. Yeah. yeah, but it's but but there is no real heart without the head. Yeah, because well, with, that's just infatuation. If you yeah. just got heart and no head. Yeah, huh? I mean, yeah, it's like it's a little bit like what Aquinas says about prayer. Um, prayer is not just desire. You know, you can have a desire. I can have a desire to be well when I'm sick. That's yeah. not a prayer. It's a prayer when my mind enters that desire and and lifts it up to God and tells Him about it. Yeah. Then it's a prayer. Lord, heal me because I'm sick and I want to be well. Yeah. It's it's the the intelligence has given content to the desire and it's become a prayer. You yeah. know, yes, it's the same with love in a way. Um, uh, if we want to love well. It's loving intelligently, yeah, and that's that brings us to the the great cardinal virtue of prudence, or or what Aristotle calls practical wisdom. Yeah, um, basically, there's no virtue as a virtue unless it's got practical wisdom. Yeah, shaping it, forming it, making it right, and he, and he gives us five things that are always needed. Um, things have to be done in the right way. They have to be done for the right reason. Yeah. They have to be done with the right person, the right object, and the right time. Mm. And those are five things that are basically your five little test cases. And then you can add another one, the right amount, if it's something like generosity. Yeah. One of the 
big things people misunderstand about Aristotle, and I, I'm amazed how much this is misunderstood. Like I, I've tried to find a good little video somewhere online to quickly explain virtue as the mean. Yeah, and 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 uh, they constantly get it wrong. And these uh, explanations you find online, they think that it's like a mathematical mean. Yeah. So they think it's like a continuum. So the golden and, and, mean, and, and, and it's moderation in the middle. Yeah. That he yeah, wants. Yeah. And don't be too much of it, and don't be too oh, little yeah. of it. But yeah. find the right amount. That's not what he's saying at all when he talks about a mean. The, the, uh, he he calls each virtue like a summit of a mountain as well as a mean. Yeah. So in its own right, it's an excellence. So if, so like courage is an excellence. Yeah. Um, he doesn't say don't be too courageous. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. If you're not courageous enough, you're a coward. But if you're too courageous, that's a problem as well. You need to find moderate courageousness. He doesn't say that. No. But but courage what, what, is what, still a mean. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so, so I get the thing. I guess is. Yeah. The moment you step away from authentic courage, you know, you're in excess, but you're no longer in courage. That's the point, right? Yeah. So there is no mean there at all. There's no, yeah, no courage. It's not a present. continuum, yeah. No. So it's not like a quantity thing where, where like, um, how much money is the right amount of money? Yeah. You know, and it's all, and the whole spectrum is money. It's yeah. not that. It's, it's like, it's like you say, it's, you're stepping outside authentic courage, but what are you stepping into? Either you're stepping into lack of courage, which is one side of the mean. Yeah, or you're stepping into false courage, which is the other yeah. side of the mean. So, so the the caricature is the excess. Yeah. So it, the excess doesn't mean too much of the virtue. It means a false thing that looks like the virtue but isn't. Yeah. For some reason, that's lacking in what the virtue needs to have. Yeah. So, for example, courage. You need to know that there's a danger. Yes. And you need to know that your strength is big enough to conquer it if you're going to attack. Yeah. And you need so you need enough hope to attack it. You need to know realistically to have assessed the danger properly. If you if you've underestimated the danger, yeah. And so you launch in, thinking you're going to easily win, but you've completely misunderstood the danger. That's not courage. That's no. just you got it wrong. <laughs> well, well, and there's no courage needed, right? If in that situation, if I think, yeah. oh, this is um, I, this is unlosable, yeah. I don't need courage because exactly. I don't need bravery. Yeah, and so this, he even uses examples about soldiers. Yeah, um, if they've got way superior weapons to the other side, uh, you know, they might look like they're brave, but actually they just know their weapons are way better. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a nuclear bomb. Yeah, and you've yeah. You've got an bow and arrow, yeah. and aren't I brave? Yeah. I'll send my drone in and, and, yeah. and, and wipe you out, you know. Well, that that and that's funny enough, that is a long-standing character. I know um, uh, Brendan Behan, the Irish poet, who was always, you know, when he wasn't drunk, he was complaining about the English. And he wrote that great poem, Come Out You Black and Tans, Come Out and Fight Me Like a Man. And there's a line in that poem, which got turned into a song, where he says, um, you know, you know, tell us again about how you faced off against, bravely faced the Arabs with your 16-pounder guns and they had bows and arrows and weren't you brave? And it was like, <laughs> no, you're not. It's the very caricature yeah, right, yeah, of that yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, so that could be one, and um, uh, or, or like the guy that speeds around the corners of cliffs. It's bravura. It's not courage. It's, yeah, it's a guy who loves speed more than he loves his life. So it's foolishness. Yeah. Um, you know, um, real courage has to have a noble good that you're holding yeah. on to. If it's no noble good, there's no courage. So even if if you think something's right and it's wrong and you die for it, that's not even a courageous death. Yeah, it's a courageous death if you happen to be right that it was a noble good and you yeah. did die for it consciously. Then it's courageous 
because you 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 took the rap for the noble good that was worth holding on to. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just a fool. Because yeah. a person with his loves out of order is a fool. Yeah. And if you prize one of the low loves as worth dying for, and you give away your life, which is a higher good than that thing, for that thing, you know, it's, it's a moment of stupidity. It's what, not a moment of courage. You know what I think of when I think of that? What I often think about thrill seekers. Yeah, who, who who are like I'm going to climb this forty story building with no ropes, no harnesses, and their addiction is to the thrill. It's yeah. not bravery. It's yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a disorder. Right. That's, that's right. There, you know? And they might be, they might have some, you know, chip missing that that makes them worry about real danger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they so they so they yeah. seem uh, totally courageous. Yeah. That's a, that's a kind of excess. Another one is like, if you think of generosity, obviously the, it's easy to think of the opposite. You think stingy, mean guy, yeah. won't ever pay for anything, um, hoards his money, miser, scrooge, whatever. You can think of that guy. But the, the, false, generous, the false generous is the flamboyant person who yeah. might pay for more rounds at the pub and, and they all think he's a wonderful dude. He's not, he's not looking after his family properly. Yeah. He's wasting all his money trying to please people. Yeah, and that's not real generosity. It's not intelligent generosity. No. So um, sometimes a child can understand why why you walk past a beggar and you didn't give him twenty bucks, and you know, and you might explain, oh well, he looks a bit like an addict, and I think if I gave him twenty, he's just going to get another drink. You know. Yeah. So um, we'll get him. We'll get him something to eat, or we'll sit down with him, and we'll talk to him, or we'll do something else. But we won't necessarily hand him money. Yeah. Um, well, because you would then be fueling a vice, and yeah. you would be directly cooperating and sustaining that man's vice. That's right. And mm. a, and, a, and a young kid who's got a generous heart might think, "Oh, that's strange." Mm. Like like um, because we don't start with the prudence that you need to get the virtue right. Mm. We, but we can start with a good disposition. Aristotle calls it natural virtue. Mm. Um, like you'll see if you've got a number of kids, one might seem naturally generous. One might seem naturally caring. Um, one might seem naturally, um, you know, even courageous, stands up for things. Um, all that, all of that, that's good because they're showing a disposition toward good virtues. Yeah. But they're not really virtues until they're intelligently discerning. And, pr and we call it prudence. I actually would rather we called it practical wisdom, which is Aristotle's yeah. word. Because prudence has got a bad rap in the modern world. People think prudence means, oh, we've got to be careful. We mustn't yeah. do anything that would risk anything, yeah. um, which isn't what prudence is at all. <laughs> I like practical wisdom because, yeah, it, yeah it is. It's, again, it speaks to the fullness of human flourishing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love that point you made about kids because a child could be doing a virtuous thing because they're afraid of the appearance or they just think, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know? And, um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that brings up. That brings up piety, actually, which is actually before we go yeah. too far down this rabbit hole, because yeah. I, I, I want to let's try. I'm, I'm going to try and tie a neat little bow, and it's honestly, yeah. yeah, it really is. Sorry, yeah. no, it's good. Um, but uh, we, we, let's wrap up Aristotle, and, and then we'll move up. Um, uh, well, I don't know if we can wrap up Aristotle, but I'll try yeah. and put a bow on it in a sense that um, I look at Aristotle and I think, man, he comes so tantalizingly close to what Christianity, the fullness of truth, completes on the question of virtue. That's very true. But it's still natural law and it's still valid. And I also recognize, I think, the very person, the person of Christ, was not present in history at that moment to really... Because the ultimate friendship of virtue is the cross, right? That total yep. self-giving love yep. for the yep. good of people who don't even love you. Yep. But um, then Christianity, and it's really uh, Aquinas, I think, isn't it? 
Aquinas brilliantly integrates, but really elevates it into the fullness into of Christian truth. The faith, yeah. yeah. But um, what the big difference of made with Christ hmm. is that we now have a divine human friendship. Yes. So um, Aristotle's look, he does believe in God. He does actually end up realizing there's only one God. Yeah. And he even goes so far as to realize God is pure act and and we are yeah. all in potential and he's drawing everything to himself. He 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 gets as far as that. He also All re- natural law truths. He realizes yeah. that God God is the contemplation of contemplation. Mm. So what he must do all day, he's not making houses, he's not he's not working on his virtues, he's not mm. doing the sort of things we do all day. But he is contemplating himself, which is the fullness of truth. Mm. So he's 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 getting very close to in the beginning was the word. Uh, yes. And God is contemplating, and the Word is contemplating, the Word is his contemplation, sort of thing. Yeah. Um. He got close to that, but he can't get there without revelation. But but the but the thing about it is, he thought God was so distant, so transcendent, so perfectly in act, that he doesn't really have much to do with us except attract us. Yeah. So in other words, we can't ever have a friendship that's unequal for Aristotle. Couldn't have a friendship between a master and a slave. If you did, you'd have to stop him being your slave. Yeah. So, so you'd have to become equals. And um, it's sort of like that. Uh, Christ actually fixes that yeah. because he becomes man. Yeah. And, and, and so God becomes man. He's he's come down to our level. He lays aside his kingly glory, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he says, "I no longer call you servants, but friends." Right yeah. at the Last Supper, and. Why are we friends? Because we, because our servant doesn't know his master's business. Mm. So we are knowing our master's business. We are in on the heart of Christ. Yeah, and and we are in on it by the Holy Spirit. So so he's he's sharing the secret heart that he has with the Father through the Holy Spirit with us by the gift of the Holy Spirit yeah. from the cross. And, can, can I just yeah. on that point something I realized even this week it just struck me um, a particular translation I was reading about this coming Sunday's gospel which is about the talents the parable of the talents and something I'd never noticed before the three servants one of them buries his talent in the ground and that's the wicked servant the other two invest and get a return but what I didn't notice before until reading it this week again was that it with each of the two good and faithful servants at the end he doesn't just say oh thank you I will take the the investment return for me, he says, come share in my reward. And right. so, so the whole thing is it's actually still orientated towards the yeah. disciple yeah. receiving the fullness yeah. of what he's yeah. sharing with them. It's yeah. true. And and the amazing thing with redemption is that Christ achieves it on the cross mm. and then he shares it. Yeah. So 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 he shares it because we we all become a kingdom of priests. He's not he's the high priest, the one yeah. high priest, and suddenly he's making a kingdom of priests. Yeah. He's the king of kings, and we're the little kings on the other white horses, and yeah. you know. And so he's 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 sharing even his his desire to save the world. He's sharing it with the church. So the church becomes an instrument of salvation. Yeah. Um, everything we do to pray for people, the saints, all that is is him sharing his work, and so he shares. If you like the spoils of the work, yeah, he has the victory over Satan on the cross, and then he has the victory in every soul one by one in a particular way through grace, yeah, that everybody needs particularly rather than just in general, yeah, and 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 so he's living that same thing by the Holy Spirit, yeah. So so the, what that's done is it's made it's changed who our deepest friend is, yeah, from being a spouse or from being a really really good mate 
<laughs> or our brother. Yeah. Or whoever it was. Some woman saying, my mum's my best friend. Yeah. And that can be very valid um, once they're grown up. Can't be really valid when they're little. No. Because, um, Cause you, is, again, to know is, to know yeah. is missing. You right? need the prudence and mm. also you need something of the equality. And yeah. um, while you're growing up, your mum is your prudence or your dad is your prudence. Yeah. And then, But their job is to develop your prudence so that you can be your own person. Yeah. And they don't have to give you advice on how to cross the road anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know how to do it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. An appropriate yeah. use of the gift of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So then you get, um, then you get the Lord as our friend. And suddenly all the virtues, for a start, they're transformed by grace. But, but even just looking at them transformed by the end. Hmm. So before, courage was about the noble good. And the noble good would be, the friend worth dying for, hmm. the family worth dying for, the country worth dying for, that sort of thing. Now you've got Christ worth dying for hmm. and and the truth in Christ. Hmm. So you'll bear witness to him no matter what. And even if you lose your family, you're going to hold on to him. Yeah. And even if you lose your country, you're going to hold on to him. Yeah. So 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 he He's becomes, not worth living for, he's worth dying yeah, for. Yeah, he becomes the hmm. ultimate good. Hmm. That all other goods are measured by, yeah. And 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 if it came down to an opposition between your family and God, you'd choose God. That's yeah. what he says. Anyone who loves mum, dad, whatever more yeah. than me isn't worthy of me. Um, and and so so that so that transforms courage all the way to martyrdom. Yeah. Um, chastity gets transformed all the way to virginity for the kingdom of God. You know. Yeah. Um, you've got justice gets changed from just being. Good to to the man next to you by giving him his due. What what's due to him? Yeah. I've got to be fair. Um, suddenly, I've got to think. But well, what's due to God? Yeah. Um, even before Christianity, there's a virtue called the virtue of religion. That's natural virtue. Yeah. Where we realize we're being created, and we and we realize, well, flip. I didn't deserve that. I I came from nothing. I I've come into being. This source of being, I have to give myself back. I have to be grateful. Yeah. I have to thank. I, I can never pay back, but I want to. Yeah. Um, I start to worship and adore. That's a natural thing. In all human cultures, there's an element of reaching out to the divine as our source. Yes. Um, then God shows us what that really was by by revealing himself in Christianity. Yeah. We were made in the word by the Father through the Spirit, and we're called into a life of communion with them. And, and and suddenly, um, how do we give God his due? How do we, for a start, we're also sinners. So not only do we not give him his due, we go absolutely against it. And 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 how has he redeemed us? You know, he enters the world, has every rejection of God thrown on him, mm. while he's affirming the Father in absolute trust. Mm. And so. He's letting love of the Father conquer all hatred of the Father through all sins of the world. Yeah. Until um, all the way to death. And in that death, he gives the Holy Spirit to the Father as worship and he gives the Holy Spirit to us as mercy. Yeah. And and and, and that means he's given us the way to worship him justly. Yeah. So that's why we say in the Mass, um, let us give, let us make Eucharist, give thanks as make Eucharist. Yeah. Let us make Eucharist to the Lord our God. It is right and just yeah. because it's the only thing that God deserves is full, infinite love, which only Christ can give him. Yeah. And we are standing with Christ and offering that, offering ourselves with him. And he's given us the way to have a just present for God. How do we give God back love? 
we give him back Christ. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's what the mass has been through the ages, you know. And in that our openness to it, our openness to unite to it, and that means also in our lives, unite our crosses mm. to his. He's going to transform every cross that we have into a part of his victory. He's going to transform all of that. And so so suddenly we've got this friend that's not just a friend. His guy has already died for me. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, he it's, gave it's me to mate. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gave me to me. He knows me more than I know myself. Well, I was going to say that. It is the perfect friendship. Yeah. Because... To, to normally to be known by another, it is still always limited. I can mm. you can only know me so much. Yes, but but God and through Christ knows the totality. You know, that's it's right. my my very thoughts before I yeah. even thought them. That's, that's right. So He knows us fully, and and that means He knows us more than we know ourselves, which means He knows our good more than we know our good. Yeah, and so trusting Him will will lead us to our good more than trusting our own judgment will lead us to our good. Yeah, and 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 the same thing with that with the heart. Um, and yet, and and in human love, we we get to know someone. We want to know them more. The more we know them, we want to love them. We want to love them. We more we want to know them. Blah blah. Yeah. But um, that that that's takes on this infinite thing with God too. So He's giving us. We're constantly. It's all through the seven gifts of the Spirit, actually. Yeah. Because we don't have a link otherwise. Like we can have a great desire to be a child of God and to know Him, yeah. but without the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating. Our soul doesn't really connect. Yeah. So what happens in our soul is we we, we start receiving his lights, mm. and that's understanding. Mm. And we start receiving even his nudging and his counsel. He mm. tells us, "Do this now, do that now," in an emergency or whatever. And we and, and we we start to receive his actual voice for mm. what to do in counsel. We receive his knowledge of his discernment and judgment. In the way we see the world, so we start to smell a rat. We start to see when there's propaganda waving over the world, and, <laughs> yeah. and everybody's being fooled. But we yeah. smell a rat. Yeah. Why do we smell a rat? It's not just because we're conspiracy theorists. It's because we've got the <laughs> gift of knowledge. It's also <laughs> yeah, the Holy Spirit is yeah. the ultimate yeah. conspiracy theorist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he yeah. warned Jesus of the conspiracy Grace against him. Builds on nature, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so all of that, we're we're in a new life. Yeah. And the the interesting thing, friendship, the exact thing of friendship is why Christianity goes to the new level of love your enemy. Yeah. Why do we have to love our enemy? It's because Christ doesn't have that person as an enemy. Yeah. He has that person as a potential friend, if not an actual friend. Yeah. That person he's died for. He's trying to save them. He wants them to come into our number. He doesn't want them to be lost. Yeah. So we can't love our best friend Christ and hate what he loves, which is the other guy. Yeah. And 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 we want to want what he wants. Yeah. And this even happens in natural friendship. Thomas Aquinas goes into this. You know, you you'll go out of your way for your friend, but you'll also go out of your way for your friend's friend. Yeah. If he says, "Oh, bro, I've got a mate coming over." Um, I have a mate in France, a very close friend, and he, he might tell me, one of my very dear friends is visiting your city. Would you be able to show him around or something, you know? Yeah. And because he's a friend of my friend, I'm going to try and give this guy a really good time. I'll, try, I'll take him yeah. to Rotorua. I'll show him things. We'll go out of my way. And I think, oh, what this was, this was amazing. And I remember how I was treated over in France because I was the friend of oh, somebody friend. else's friends, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, and, and Aquinas uses that kind of thing. We start caring what our friend cares about. Yeah. So when they're really worried about someone else, we start to actually take that on board as well. Yep. We start 
even with our own friend, we rejoice in what they rejoice in, and we're yeah. and we're sad for them when things are sad. Well, well, the, this is the the very um, f- uh, fundamental point. I, I talk a lot about this, about how people take for granted uh, how important Christianity is to the West, and one mm. of the massive distinctions that Christianity brings into the world is moral equality between persons. And as Paul says, mm. it's only through Christ. There's no Jew or Gentile, slave or free, or you know yeah. th- that moral equality. No one can say I'm morally superior to another because yep. all are loved equally by Christ. And and it's that, that in the ancient world that is unknown. That's and I, like you were talking about yep. before. That's where Aristotle stumbles because in the Greek culture, no, you have a hierarchy of pe- persons. You know, and yep. and you know the example of the slave loving a um, a master, yep. and you yep. know, and he, and he's right about the the yep. inequality, but they thought that was uh, normal. Yep. But but Christianity says no. No, there's something more. Does, yeah, it naturally gets rid of slavery. Yep. Because it's even in the it's even seeing it in the letters of Paul. Eh? Yeah. And um, this guy was your slave, but now he's your brother because yep. he's become baptized. And so you know, and the more you treat him as a brother, the less you can treat him as a slave. Well, well, how do you have a concept of universal human rights despite the abuses of that in the modern Enlightenment, post Enlightenment liberal era? How do you have that concept make any sense unless there is an a priori belief that in actual fact we all have a moral equality and and it's, it's the fact that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ we're friends of Christ that yeah. that makes sense of that you know yeah that's right either potential or actual so so mm. even um, somebody who doesn't know him yet is still made that's right. made to know him and even your enemy yeah so even a, even a prisoner who does and he evil could be things the enemy we're... of the Lord at the moment but, yeah. but we all started like that and that's the way yeah. that's the way the cross is preached isn't it and and, um, and even even he like died the, while we were enemies even exactly yeah. still loved us while we were yeah. enemies. Yeah. and even a, even a, like a, an enemy of society a, a violent prisoner we yeah. go okay they must be punished we we must protect society we put them in jail but mm. we don't torture and abuse them while they're in jail we don't treat them like an animal. Because that's, right. that's a failure to yeah. show regard to the face of Christ. In that's sense. right. It's I quite mean, what, profound. Yeah, it is. It just it does actually it introduces radical mercy. Yes, which virtually no other religion can manage. Yeah, and the reason we can manage it, if we can, which is only through grace, is because um, everyone's in the position that they're looking on the one whom they've pierced. When the Lord comes again, it says. Everyone will see him, all those who pierced him. Yeah. In other words, we're all guilty. So we don't look at it like we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. We look at it like we are so lucky to be redeemed and so blessed <laughs> yeah. because we didn't deserve it and we were pulled out of the miry pit of it yeah. and we are now made children of God. And and now I can't sit on my high horse and judge somebody else. No. And yet it's a sad thing that Christianity has a little bit of a reputation for yeah. puritanistic judgment. Um, but it's also the faith that tells us <laughs> yeah. and gave us that great slogan that everyone uses, there but for the grace of there God go I. the grace of God go I, Because yeah. you look at the pagan world, that's not how they viewed the world. No. They looked on a weaker Good neighbor people, and they people. said, yeah, okay, your neighbor is weaker than you. It's not, it's not just a good idea to go and invade them and take all their stuff. They believe you have a moral obligation to do that because they're weak and they don't deserve that stuff. Yeah. It's quite a profound difference. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's no looking on them and going, "Wow, there!" But for the grace of God, that could be our no, society. No. We better look after That's them. That's a very <laughs> Christian thought, and it, uh, it's one we have to bring back because I think a lot of younger people haven't been taught it. Yeah. Um, always that distinction between the sin and the sinner. Yeah. Is massive. It's very hard to get if you don't have any faith. And and yep. um, so somebody's done some terrible thing. Yes, they have. We're not letting them off lightly by loving the sin or hating the sin. Yeah. But, but we know that. There's nothing metaphysically bad. God didn't create a bad man. Yeah. 
this man was made for for goodness and happiness. Yeah. He's gone down a number of wrong roads for a number of reasons, and who knows? I'm not letting him off. Some of it's his choice. Some of it might not be his choice. But but the thing is, no one knows those the complexity of that. Yeah. But as well as that, we can't even judge if we are in a better state than that guy. No. Because pride is blinding, so we might be in full pride and think we're perfect. Yeah. Or... Um, it could just be a matter of what, like the sort of thing Saint Therese says, you know, I'm not conscious of ever having a mortal sin. And then she's, then she sort of panicked because she read that, um, if, if, you know, um, the one forgiven little loves little in return. Yeah. Um, the one forgiven a lot's going to love more. And she suddenly thinks, oh, flip, I haven't done any mortal sins and I want to love him the most. Yeah. <laughs> and then she, she, she starts worrying about that. And then she says, oh, hang on. Yeah. He knew that if I ever committed a mortal sin, I'd never get up again. Yeah. And so he saved me from falling down the cliff at the top rather than pick yeah. me up from the bottom. Yeah, so correct. he actually gave me even more mercy than he did to the one down the bottom. Yeah. So therefore I can love him more because I've yeah, had more yeah. mercy. So she's back to loving him more again, yeah. which is kind of Mary's well, situation. Well, well, it's also in that sense then, literally that at that moment what I'm hearing is come to life, God's mercy is inexhaustible. It's, you can never exhaust it. So no. even if you're at the top of the hill, you can't say, well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I've got – and if That's you're at the bottom, Mary you're still getting mercy. Yeah. yeah, Mary hasn't sinned. She's made – Immaculately conceived, so she's made a new Eve, so she can give a full yes to the covenant. Yeah, and and so she's got nothing in her that will resist, and yet she says, "He looked on me in my nothingness." Yeah, hence I'm I'm nothing, but he henceforth all generations will call me blessed. It's part of it's part of humility to know your real state, and to also know the greatness of your yeah. call. So it's 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 I am nothing without him. Yeah. But with him, I can do all things. Yeah, and on that point, for mm. our, some of our maybe our Protestant listeners who are listening, and the Catholic belief is she's still saved, but she's she doesn't have to like fall down the hill like we're talking yeah. about. She doesn't have my to fall into the pit. Rejoices in God, my Savior. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so God God can save you, or someone can save you from a miry pit by either pulling you out of it or stopping you at the edge. Yeah. And you don't they prevent you from That's falling right. in. You know? And 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 the thing about Mary, so that we don't get resentful or think it's all a bit unfair that one mm. person was made better than someone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> it's about the call. God doesn't give you a call and then mock you because you don't have the means to answer it. Yeah. If he gives you the call, he gives you the means. Yeah. And her call is so spectacular because she's not just the surrogate mum who's carrying the baby and then dispensed with. Yeah. It's nothing like that. He's yeah, just my mere human vessel yeah. to get me into He's the next stage. He's incarnated, not just so he can say, oh, cheers for the ride. <laughs> She's not his Uber driver. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, what would you call it? Your uh, Uberus. Yeah. Uterus. Uberus. Uberus. In utero Ubero. <laughs> <laughs> She's not in utero Ubero. Yeah. Or he's an Utero Uber. No, and it was the worst Ubero. Uber ride. It didn't get a tip, and then you, the, you get a sort yeah, of sorry to pierce your heart at the end. Not even a tip. Well, the only tip was the tip of a sword. Yeah, pierce your heart. Piercing your soul. Yeah. And they probably wonder why she was following him around. This, you know, I mean, you, you get out of your Uber and you walk off. You don't yeah. expect the Uber guy to follow Look, you around. Nine months, what are you doing? Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. The, we digress. The main thing <laughs> is that um, the whole of the Old Testament is God wooing Israel as a as a potential bridegroom, right? Yeah. He's a lover. He's a he's the boyfriend. He's seeking her out, yeah. and and she's playing hard to get. Yeah. And then and then with the incarnation of Christ, 
that's the beginning of the marriage between God and man. Yeah. And, and it's quite an interesting thing because in the one person of Christ, the two natures are married, you could say. Yeah. Human and divine nature in one person united now in one, one flesh too, yeah. you could say. But before that, um, God can't just be the husband and no one ever says yes. Yeah. Uh, the bride's got to say yes. And that's a creature. So there's got to be one creature that is made to say the yes for all the other creatures and start mm. that co uh, covenant. If, if there isn't a creature, there's only a proposal. There's no acceptance. Yeah. And so she's that creature. Now, the very first parents were created without sin. Yeah. And they, and they fell for the idea that they'd be freer without God, to be like God, without God, if they could control good and evil. Yeah. Mary was made graced without sin, and she never said no to her grace. And so that's why when the angel greets her, She's full of grace, and 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 her whole thing. She doesn't understand what's going on. She just says, "Let it, let it be done to yeah. me according to your word." Or, but I don't get it. Yeah. You know, she doesn't get it. Uh, how can this be? I'm a virgin. She doesn't get it, but but she affirms it, and that's actually a real interesting mystery of love because that's a, even in our deepest friendships we don't understand the other person completely, but no. we love them. Well, and, and it's we, it's and humility, we, humility, total yeah. humility, right? Yeah. It's total trust in the divine providence of God. Like that's, I mean, it doesn't yeah. get any more yeah. trusting than that. Yeah, that's right. And and, and she has to be like that because if yeah. she if she had said no, you know, God only allowed um, creation and sin in the world because He could bring a greater good out of it, which is the redemption and the glorious communion of of yeah. everyone in Him. And if there was never going to be anyone that said yes, he would never have created anything in the first place. Profound mystery, eh? Yeah, yeah. So profound. And yet, and yet, so coming back to our our discussion on <laughs> on virtue, on virtue, <laughs> yeah. and friendship. Uh, Suddenly, the brakes come on. The virtue of charity is actually the virtue of divine friendship with Christ. Yeah. So, so that's all it is. It's it's if Christ is our best friend, where does that leave us, and how does that change us? And 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 it's, friendship is mutual, so it's not just I love him. Yeah, he's loved me first. Reciprocal. Yeah, yeah, it's reciprocal, and he's given his life for me, and, and so it's the least I can do is give my well, life back. Can I say too? This is where I see in Christianity the, the trinitarian understanding of who God is, and we are made in the image of God, who is a trinity, a community of three divine persons engaged in an eternal <laughs> act of self-giving love, eternal right. act of friendship. Then all of a sudden, Aristotle's conception of the virtue gets elevated to this whole higher level. It's not just human flourishing; it is actually the very imitation of yeah. God when we give ourselves yeah, away. It's human anyway. flourishing all the way to supernatural, yeah. eternal flourishing. Yeah. And flourishing is in communion with God. Yeah, exactly, and with each other because of God. Yeah. So, 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 um, uh, you commune with God first, I suppose. Yeah. And then through him with everybody else. So so it's like glory. The mystery of glory is first of all God's glory. Yeah. Um, no one can imagine it. We see beautiful, glorious sunrises and sunsets and mountains and, and we hear glorious music and we meet gloriously virtuous people sometimes. So we, we get a glimpse of of what greatness is. Yeah. But no one can imagine God's glory. You know, you see God's glory, you're gonna fall down like John does in the book of Revelation as though dead, or yeah. like the transfiguration, they hide themselves. You yeah. know? God's glory. And yet there's then there's the glory of the saints. But the glory of the saints is 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 God affirming forever the goodness he's brought about in people. Yeah. So it's like he's saying, just as he said at first at the beginning of the creation, let there be light. And it and he saw it was good. Yeah. Let there be everything. And he saw it was very good. 
And now, um, not only does he say it, it is good that you exist, but look at the good I've made in you, and and you are actually now in your own glory. It's yeah. it's it's the glory. It's a reflection of his glory, but it means that they cooperated with his grace and his work, so that they've earned their own glory. It's a secondary glory, you know. He saved them, and they didn't deserve to be saved, so it's all him. Yeah. But they cooperate, and they and they rightfully are affirmed by him. Yeah. And that's what that's the meaning of um, in the um in the fifth letter, I think it is. First, he corrects the people, saying. You've got a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. You know, you're masquerading as holy people, but you're not holy. Yeah. Uh, it's a pharisaical kind of correction. Yeah. You're using religion for the trimmings and the trappings, but you're not um, converting. Yeah. And he, and he tells them to seek. There is no truth. Yeah. He tells them to seek a, a, a higher justice. He says, I don't find your, your acts perfect. In other yeah. words, you perfectionists are getting on my wick. Yeah, because you're nothing like perfect. Because perfect is about being other oriented, not yeah. being self glorifying. Yeah, and and so self glorifying is a very immature thing. It's not at all perfect. No, um, you're perfect when you. Well, it's it's an imperfection. Yeah, it's a when, state of imperfection. When you've right? completely forgotten about yourself and you've given yourself away fully in love, you'll be perfect. Yeah, and so and so he says to so to seek the right kind of wealth, it's seeking the Holy Spirit. It's seeking the the true worship, uh, and then he says. For those who conquer, I will, what does he say? I will proclaim your name in front of the angels yeah. and my father. In other words, don't seek your glory here. Yeah. Let me give you your glory yeah. heavenly forever. Yeah. When we celebrate the fact that you forgot yourself and your glory yeah. and you gave yourself completely away as a servant. And at that moment, you became glorious. Yeah. Well, whoever honors me before man, I will honor him before God. Yeah. It's that, it's and it's like hour. Jesus' hour of the cross, which should be his most shameful hour, is his most glorious yeah. hour. You are about to see the Son of Man lifted up, yeah. and that's what he says yeah. as he's heading out to the yeah. cross. And now is the now is the now is yeah. now is the hour. Glorify your Son, Father. Yeah, it doesn't just mean the resurrection; it's the no. cross. No, and, 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 yeah, exactly. So um, that's the key to to um, well, it's always about forgetfulness of self, you could say. Yeah, but not in a stoic way. So no. uh, it's quite interesting to compare it to Buddhism or to Stoicism. I want to come back and talk about Stoicism yep. because there is a bit of a resurgence of that going on, and I want to mm -hmm. sort of dissect that with you. But one other thing too, I'm thinking about Aristotle and what Christianity brings to completion. I, I You really see that deep understanding of morality, the moral life now is an act of love or an authentic moral life is. It's mm. not simply a set of commands I obey because I'm fearful, mm. and it's certainly not the modern concept where I only do things that make me feel good. Mm. Instead, it is a total giving of myself and love to yeah, truth and yeah, to goodness. Yeah, you know, and and and, and to another that I care about. Yeah, because why? And, I, and, I can't. Not, I can't love yeah. a command. Yeah, but I can love the giver of the command, who's Christ, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we don't love universals. Yeah, you know, we don't love humanity. We love people, particular people. Yes. Um, we can love the thought that we're all made by God. We can love ideas. Yes, but. Actual fact, love is really manifested in the particular act for one person to another person. Yeah, and and um, yeah, that's very important, and that's even with God's love for us. It's particular. It's not. It's not. He loves everybody the same. He he doesn't. He loves everybody exactly as they need to be loved yeah. for them because he loves them. 
Yeah. And and so it's it's yeah, it's not a, it's never a amount of quantifiable thing. Love isn't quantifiable anyway. It's a quality thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. um yeah. Have you got two portions or four of love? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. No. Not a little bag of gold. Yeah. But um Well it's it's can I on that point, like mm. what I see happening in our culture today is because I wanted to ask you about this because I think it's important. I, I look at it, I I I I can't see how you can have an authentic conception of virtue without um, the conception of a higher sacred good, which underpins and motivates that. Uh, like, like what I see in our culture is I see, a, we mentioned the Stoics, we mm. see a return to a sort of Stoicism amongst some people. Now, there's a certain natural law truths there, but it'll only take you so far. And what I also see is a return of that Nietzschean uh, ubermensch, the will to power, and where, where Nietzsche looks at Christianity, he doesn't just disagree with it. He thinks Christianity is immoral, uh, is immoral because it's holding us back, and we need to imitate the pagans. And they they worshipped greatness and strength, and so that stoicism. I see people returning to that because the sacred, right. transcendent idea of God is missing yeah. in our culture. The, the biggest difference between Aristotle and Christian view of virtue mm. is actually around the question of humility, yes, and pride. Because um, Aristotle doesn't have humility as a virtue; he doesn't disparage it. But he, but he, but he has a kind of pride as a virtue. Uh, it's like honor. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to be an honorable man, and and so, but honor should be authentically deserved because you've done good things and people look up to you, and that's all good. You know, Christianity doesn't focus so much on everybody looking up to you. Yeah. It focuses much more on you realistically knowing that you are nothing without God and with God. With the grace of God and with God's help, you're able to have been whatever you are. You're an earthen but, vessel made of clay. Yeah, yeah. But all glory to Him. Yeah. If it's worked out well, mm. kind of thing. And um, so, humility comes in deeply when you first realize you're truly made. Um, it's 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 not a virtue that arises naturally with, um, shall we say, normal interactions of friendship you have to be humble enough to be realistic yeah. because in, nobody likes a person who's sort of in their own world of themselves and they're so unrealistic in the way they think of themselves and others because they they're looking through selfish lenses yeah they're not humble and you know, that would get on everybody's nerves <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um any people the only person's pride that doesn't get on our nerves is our own <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah but um uh. but um so, so there is that, and you could notice that. Uh, so, we so, so the Christian, the sacred, but, transcendent but, good of Christianity but, is essential to but, that, right? But humility in Christianity is so much more massive because yeah. God Himself humbled Himself, yes, first of all to become a human, which is already completely different to what He was, and then completely lower, and then and then humbly yet to accepting death, and yeah. then the death of the criminal on a cross. Um, he's gone. As low as you can go, and that's our Lord and God. Yeah. So if that's our Lord and God, it's like we said before, it's, it's the whole theme of in Philippians. You know, we can't be on our high horse. Yeah. If if He's gone so low, and He's led us the way, He's the way of the cross is the way we follow. In other words, yeah, it's our life journey. It's He's actually gone ahead of us in the humblest way possible. Yeah. And that's the only way to heal some horrible divisions. Yes. He made peace by his blood on the cross. 
and it's it's in that mystery of, of self descent, if you want to mm. call it that. It's like God came all the way down, and therefore He has raised all the way on high. Yeah. But he, on the way to being raised, he not he took first of all the human body and soul with him. Yeah. So it's been raised up into God, but also He takes all the souls of the of the people He's freed from the dead with Him. So yeah. the saints are starting to go up there, and He's taking in the end the whole of creation with Him. Um, when we have glorified bodies again, back into the Father. So He comes down, and then He goes up with us. Mm. So that's the, and in the middle there was the marriage. Where the two became one. Yes. Therefore, we rise with him. As we died with him, we rise with him, as we say in the funeral liturgy, you know. Yeah. In baptism, they died with Christ. Yes. May they share the resurrection. So, um, yeah. It seems to me then what you're saying there is the, the Christian sense of um, versus the pagan sense, the pagan sense, and this is the Nietzschean thing. No, you must take dominion, whereas the Christian is you surrender dominion. Yeah. You know. Because Nietzsche's big confusion is between project and love. Yes. And, and, um, it's true when you're, we are creative and that's a gift from God. We image God by being creative because he's creator. Yeah. That's what, that's the lowest way we image God, you could say. It's great, but it's the lowest way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next way up is when we seek the truth, especially for the truth's sake. Mm. And we delight in the truth. We can seek the truth practically, as in how is the best way to live. Yeah. And we can seek the truth because we love the truth and what is the highest truth and we can contemplate it. So that's also our quest for for more than just dominion, which is in our projects. Yeah. But truth. Some of our projects are also reflecting our quest for truth by being so beautiful they make people think about truth. Well, um, can I say and, with Nietzsche, that point is very salient you've just made there. And I think you see that very clearly in his earlier history, where he had this idea around music and the arts as being like a way to revolutionize society. Yeah. But then he grows disenfranchised and he just abandons it. Um, because in a sense, it is his project that he has dominion of. It's not like something beautiful you surrender yourself mm, to. It's mm. like no, it's a, it's it's mm. a utility for him. Yeah, you know. But even a great piece of music, you could look at it in two ways. You could mm. look at it as, and for him, he's German, isn't he? Yeah. So the yeah. greatness of music will always be a German composer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they are Beethoven, yeah, yeah. Mozart, Bach. Yeah. That you know, you don't get much better than that. Yeah. But um. In the great stature of their compositions, you, you kind of compare it to like a great Gothic church or something like that. Amazing thing. You know, if you really come to understand it, it's, it's phenomenal, you know. Yeah. But it's still, uh, on one level, it's a great achievement of man and it's what man is able to do and it shows you the greatness of man. On another level, it's pointing way beyond that because yeah. it's pointing to the deep... Like Beethoven hated people who thought that he was just trying to do beauty. Yeah. He, he, he said, I'm, I'm not... I'm not after beauty. I'm I'm telling the truth in my music. It's the truth he was trying yeah. to make musical truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. turns out very beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's for him. It's profoundly true. But he couldn't ever explain why because it's not got no words. No, but it's just what the heart wants to do. Yeah, it's the truth, you know. Yeah. and and um and it's beautiful too. But um so so the arts point us to a truth they can't give us exactly. Yeah, they're like John the Baptist pointing to a yeah. Messiah that they aren't. Yeah, and the arts. But the trouble with Nietzsche is he makes man making himself the great, the great Superman. So you end up with man is only in a project, He's a project of self-construction, and anything that gets in the way of his self-definition is is imposing itself on him. Yeah. So if uh, you know, and that's the original sin in the end. 
Yeah. We, we you will be like God. You will be the author of good and evil. You you will be the author of of truth because you will be the ultimate creator. Yeah. And everything will be whatever you made well, it. Well, to well that's be. so clear in Nietzsche, right? Because yeah. we become the new gods. You know, he says God is dead. He says, you know, basically yeah. criticizing the enlightenment. No, you can't talk as if God's real with all these humanistic constructs and morality without God, you know, because God's gone. We've unshackled the sun from the sky. It'll, it'll, you know, we yeah. are the new gods now. And that's literally the creation yeah. and the yeah. fall all over again. And I think too, he had that he had that secret worry that, well, we've all been good because we thought we had to be good for God. Now that God's gone, yeah. Um, what's going to keep us being good? Yeah. Um, Where will we get our morality from? Whereas in actual fact, there is a layer of goodness that doesn't rely on following commandments, mm. and it is the layer of goodness that's exactly in Aristotle. Yeah. So, so it's it's basically somebody else's goodness because we are good, essentially. Somebody else's goodness wakes us up, wakes up our love. And our love wants to be true to them, and so that wakes up our virtue. Yeah. So in actual fact, um, it's like the it's, it's an with, echo of Eden that's in us, yeah. right? In a sense of before but, the fall. But we don't need theology to tell us. No. It. We just need no. experience of life. We need to know people. We need to find good friends. We need to find have have a, it yeah. helps if you had a good family because they start to teach you the essence of love anyway, and then you start to reach out and find it in other people, and then you get you get swept up and and you're yeah. in something already good. And can, it, can I say on that come point because somebody told you commandments or laws? No, and on that point, do yeah. you know what? Before people say, "Oh, but hold on, isn't this maybe moving away from Christianity?" No. Well, what does Saint no, Paul says? Saint Paul says, being human. "Says all of creation." You know, there's a natural pointing to God already, yeah. and then Revelation sits That's on top why of that. He says in Romans, you know? "We're gu- we're actually guilty in our conscience because we should know from everything exactly. made how things really and are." That, and that, and I think what we often mm. do, the mistake a lot of people do, is they interpret that as being, "Oh, I should look at a beautiful sun." Sunset or a beautiful um, beach and see God and that. No, it's also about human beings are created. We're us. part of it. And our and behavior. Aristotle is one of the best ones at it. Yeah. So, like, you know, Luther thought, oh, no, we can't come to know the existence of God without without revelation. Um, and, and the church says, oh, yes, you can. We've always said you can. Yeah. Um, well, Aristotle did it. So, I mean, he's yeah. at least one guy did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's not it's, easy. It's the grace you need of salvation. To be real bright, and the you gr- also need to be really attentive to reality. Yeah, and he was that, and he did do it. He's one example, but I mean, he. But then, so that you don't have to be a genius just to get to the truth. He also reveals truths that we could have worked out ourselves. Yeah. But the the thing about it is, how does Jesus even reveal the Father? You think about that. He's the Son who eternally knows the Father. But that's an inexpressible light. It's not a thing that's got a bunch of concepts and words associated with it. He comes down to try and explain that to Dumbos. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we can't see anything he's talking about. No. And, and he can see it in the grace of in his intelligence, in his human intelligence, because he's got the beatific vision. He can see the Father while he's trying to yeah. explain him. But he also needs a translation um, desk to say, how do I get from inexpressible wowness to what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Um, and that's the infused knowledge he had to, to get the right way to tell us. Yeah. Because because we can only understand a thing by comparing it to what we know. What we already know. And, and, and if we hear God's good, will we go, oh, he must be really good. So what is good? Well, 
good, I know what a good holiday is. I know what a good ice cream is. I know what a good person is. I know yeah. what a really good mum or dad is. Yeah. I know what a really good friend is. And the more those things are higher, not lower. Yeah. If it's just, if I just, I know what a good spa pool is and I know what a good ice cream is. Like, <laughs> it's not enough. God is good. Is he like an electric blanket? You know? Well, isn't um, ironically, that's a faith. That's a problem, Sam. But we have today God is Santa Claus. Because yeah, the San concept Santa. of the good is not yeah. high enough. Yeah, yeah, because it's like a little child's idea. Why yeah. does it have to be raining? Can't it be sunny every day? Yeah. Why can't every day be Christmas? Why can't we have holiday every <laughs> yeah. day? You know, um, <laughs> and, and, and you, know. you know, yeah. Well, look, but, Megan, Megan Rapinoe, the yeah. soccer player, literally this week, Yeah, this is a classic example of this. She came out because she's got a, a, an injury to her Achilles or something. Oh, yeah. Woman soccer player from from America. She mm. said, "What is a woman?" Uh, Thanks, she no. said, "She said that um basically she said and she said this in an interview. Uh, not that I believe I'm not a religious person, but the fact that I've got a an uh, an injury mm. that pre- will prevent me from playing soccer that's proof that there's no God. And you're like, that, that's about as immature as it gets. <laughs> yeah, that's a very uh, self centered world. That's, that, not even children think that. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah, no, I don't yeah, think, yeah. You know. Well, evil can scandalise, but when it's just the evil of a sore leg, you, you wonder how, <laughs> how far they've looked. But yeah, Holocaust didn't oh. put her off. No, it was my, um, my, my Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> um, mass starvation didn't put her off. False walls didn't oh, put her man. off. But sore leg, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Achilles. No my, my Achilles. My one. That's my Greek philosophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, yeah, that's, that's right. crazy. That that natural goodness that that that's what Paul's talking about. That that in creation is already in order. There's a mm. natural law that's knowable, mm. and yeah. and it's a uh, yeah. It's and yeah. I think, it's so I, think profound, I think we've man. got to see that it's not uh, like the natural law is one thing. Mm. Well, unless we call everything natural law, that's just our nature. But 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 we have our nature. I look at the way Rosalind Hursthouse looks at it. Say, oh, some of those the great virtue ethicists. They don't actually believe in God. Yeah. But they, but she argues it from the bottom up. She she sort of takes a look at what what do we mean by the word good? You know, the word good doesn't have a kind of meaning just by itself. It has to be a good something. Yeah. And 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 to know what is what is a good flower of that species? Well, you ha- sort of have to look at a whole lot of them and see what they do characteristically, and what a good one does. Yeah. As opposed to that particular one that's a bit wilted and not doing so well yeah. um, but there's others that are doing this you know what 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 does what do humans do characteristically you know um, and you can say well we can walk and run or, and then someone say oh well, hang on a minute I know a guy with no legs he's saying he's not human <laughs> um, well he's not doing well as a human runner yeah but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah he won't but, be running a marathon yeah but um uh, when we look at what makes a good horse? We could say what makes a good lamb from the point of view of us putting the lamb on the table, yeah. or from the point of view of the lamb in itself. Yes. And and, and what what is its flourishing? What is its thing? And, and 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 why would we change our logic when we get to human? Yeah. Um, what makes a good human? Well, you have to look at what are the sorts of things humans do, yeah. and what do the really good ones do, and 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 so you start to see the people that stand out in their virtues. The people that stand out in their skills, say, yeah. intelligence or whatever the things are that humans can do, creativity, sportsmanship, fitness, you know, there's all sorts of potential humans can reach. Yeah. And then you and then you're looking for well, what's the deepest goodness humans can have and all of that. 
and you can and, and in a sense you're reading nature you're just reading you just yeah well it's also you're living life you're knowing well, people eventually you'll get to love i think like even like an unintelligent well, person to. right like even a very uneducated child mm. very young very uneducated could know oh that's a good father or a good mother or that's a bad it, mother or a good father based on what love, yeah, yeah. How do they love. treat me yeah. or others? Yeah, because um, at the end of the day, a lonely person is not happy. Yeah. And, um, you know, the kid at school who can't make a single friend isn't happy and all of that. Yeah. Everyone's been to a bit of that struggle. Yeah. And, um, and you, you know, you've tasted it in some way or other. You're in a foreign situation. You can't quite connect. You don't quite know how to start, you know. And then imagine, um, but we can't really imagine no love in someone's life. Like it's pretty horrific. Yeah. Um, when you think of um, well, that's wouldn't that be a psychopath in a sense? Wouldn't that would be a total, total privation to the sense of yeah depravity? I mean, I mean, even they're growing up. They got yeah. You know, maybe they were just born into some gang and mistreated from day one or something. I don't know. But but I suppose some poor children have had terrible lives. But normally, normally but there there's still something, be something to pin yeah. our to pin our idea of goodness on yeah. from another person. Even 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 the uh, let's say um, I was I was sold into Fagan's um, pickpocketing gang, and, right. but there was still one guy there who who always gave me an extra bit of bread at dinner time. Yeah, there's the one guy that looked out for you. Somebody even winked yeah. at you once, and you thought, oh, he cares. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. Um, but, can I can I say yeah. too? This is. I see here a bit of a corruption, well, not a bit, but an actual corruption that comes into the West via Enlightenment liberalism here because it's this obsession on the reasoning individual who will reason their way to the truth right. and and this obsession with reason. So, we, you know, we have this yeah. notion of an ordered reason, but yeah. they have an obsession with reason. And yeah. what that does is all of a sudden that natural goodness is lost mm. because you can't reason around that kind yeah. of stuff. Well, that's, why you you need to, that's why you need to respect experience. Yes. So... so um, like Descartes is very strange when you think about him because mm. he is trying to kickstart philosophy in an independence from theology because it yeah. got very, very interwoven during the time from, you know, fourth century on. Yeah. Um, and he wants to get back to philosophy pure, if you yeah. want to say, without revelation in it. So he's looking for a starting point. But it's very unusual what he's doing because he's sort of going, wait, um, now... What can I start at? I can't really start at what my teachers teach me because people get things wrong. <laughs> I can't even start at what my senses tell me because senses can be deceived. I can't start at this. I can't start at that. Everything could possibly have an error or a mistake now and then. Yeah. So therefore, how do I know I'm not in one now? So how do I know it's not this and that? <laughs> and, you know, and you talk yourself into acting like you don't know anything at all That's right. as your starting point. And then you go... But wait, I'm doubting. Oh, hang on. If I'm doubting, I'm thinking. Oh, if I'm thinking, I'm existing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I've got one person existing, me. <laughs> How am I going to get anyone else? I think you're there, but it might be an illusion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had, oh, wait on. What oh, if it's a dream? I'll, first, I'll prove God exists, and he does it by some, they call it a geometric proof. I think it's just one of those proofs <laughs> that isn't quite a proof. No. And he gets to God, and he goes, ah, well, if there's a God, he's not going to want me tricked all the time. Yeah. So that guy I can see over there probably is over there yeah. because um, God wouldn't want me to just wander around in a big trick. <laughs> yeah. So um, in the end, in the end, but that's a very weird thing because you try thinking all that without any words. Yeah. Where did you get your words from? Yeah. 
people talking to you all through growing up. <laughs> That's right. You got a whole bunch of thoughts and concepts that you just used yeah. that came from growing up communally. Yeah. There's no way you've got that in your head and you've never met anybody. No, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. You haven't got any a single word in your head if you've never had a language. Yeah. And, and yet you've you've grown up in a whole community of people and you get to an adult and you start reasoning like, how can I prove that I'm not the only person on the earth? Well, <laughs> open your eyes and remember yesterday. <laughs> Who breastfed you, bro? It wasn't you. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, this ain't rocket yeah, science, yeah, mate. Yeah. I mean, what happened to just remembering <laughs> things and seeing them? Yeah, and you know, it just sounds a bit. I mean, and people think, oh, well, you know, Descartes being sophisticated, and this is a very naive way to look at him. But basically, we've got to respect normal human experience and the normal things that humans say and do. Yeah, because because they give away yeah. how we really think. You know, our proverbs even give a lot away. Yeah. Um, our, the, the little wisdom tucked away in the, well, the way we phrase you, everything. Do you know what? That is too I see in that, as I see again that Western problem, modern Western problem of the loss of a sacramental vision of reality. It's we've separated into these spheres and it's like my mind, my mind, my mind, yeah, yeah. rather than acknowledging, yes, there is a, there's something happening here as well that you can see That's and experience right. and it's speaking to the things your yeah. mind is trying to understand. And one of the, one of the big things with Aristotle is he, he let every experience have its own logic. So he didn't, he didn't think that he would find one logic to explain project, friendship, yeah. family, uh, workplace, politics, um, contemplation of truth, the human body, no. life, you know, all the different spheres of philosophy. Yeah. He says, he looks at each one and says, what's the deepest thing in that one? Yeah. Oh, it's your creative idea that makes everything work in, in, in the project. Yeah. Um, it's not your creative idea that makes everything work in a relationship. No. Um, uh, that's rom being romantic. You can go, oh, I want a nice setting. I'll get some nice music. <laughs> yeah. I'll put some candles. That's your creative idea. But all you're doing is setting it up. Yes. Now what are you going to do? Have a creative idea about how <laughs> she's, she's going to love me back? <laughs> nah. Get to know her. Make yeah, some sacrifices. Yeah. Be, you know, treat her like she's she's another self and treat her like she's, yeah. she's more important than you. And, and and she'll start doing the same back. And, and, and before you know it, you've got something to reflect on Yes, because because um, and it never that never goes the way you think it does. Like a project, a project yeah. is quantifiable. This is not. It might yeah. go in all sorts of twists yeah. and turns you never foresaw. Exactly, which is why practical wisdom is the thing governing yes. virtue. Coming back to where we started, <laughs> because by Robert Loretz, my new book, Practical, practical Wisdom, wisdom <laughs> is not a formula. It is not a set of rules. It is not dropped down from on high. It is not um in in a book somewhere. It is, yeah. it is us using our intelligence in real situations based on our experience and perception of people. Yeah. And, and all of that has to be done unbiasedly. Yeah. So in other words, we've got a ditch just looking for our success, just looking for our pleasure, just looking for our status, just looking for what will further us. We're not networking with the useful people and ignoring the people we think are, aren't going to be any use. Yeah. We're actually meeting every person as an adventure and going, there's something... There's someone to discover here that's beyond me that'll never be understood fully by me. I can't put him in a box. I yeah. can't say, ah, oh, yeah, I get that guy. I know your type. You're this. Uh, then you haven't met me, you know? Yeah. You, you don't know me. You've you've made a quick judgment. Yeah. That's social and, media, right? And exactly. I'm distanced from you and I judge very you. very unvirtuous. Yeah. yeah. It's teaching us to judge and dismiss, label and dismiss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Virtue signal, so you you know without virtue, you're signaling you've got virtue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's the opposite. It's like what the Lord always said was spoiled in the telling. You know, you you keep your good deeds 
to your chest sort of thing. Yeah. They're not, they're, if they're for your glory here, you've had your glorious reward here yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But that's a very Christian perspective on it. But even even normally speaking, it means and you're not doing it for them, you're doing it for you. Yeah. So so it isn't yet a virtue. It is only a warm-up. Yeah. <laughs> or an imitation or a caricature. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love here too is so we've talked about the enlightenment and the hard rationalism and Descartes, etc. I think one of the other problems that can creep in is Rousseau, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, and his natural state of goodness. And that's what I see is Christianity cuts through all of that. And it doesn't fall into either extreme. Right. And so what, what what it would say to Rousseau is, no, you're failing to recognize the effect of original sin on the human person. So you need to actually begin yeah. a process of seeking virtue. Yeah. You're not born with it. Yeah. And, 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 and also what that means is, you know, we have this modern sort of the free market of ideas and, and well, it doesn't work that way. It's not like virtue just suddenly sort of rises to the top mm. of good moral life, rises to the top. You actually have to work at it. You're not born with it, in a sense. You're mm. born ready if you're willing to give yourself yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and and because we are a certain being, and yeah. we are, we do have a certain flourishing. You know, yeah. There's all these commonalities, even though the way everybody will live. Even if you take marriage and say, well, there's there'll be a whole lot of ways that people are living their marriage. Yeah. Um, a whole lot of different vibes in their interaction, and they've got to know each other, and they know what hurts the other one, and what doesn't. How to be sensitive, how to be thoughtful, you know, it would be silly to give her flowers, she's allergic. Um, <laughs> blah blah, yeah. Um, unless you really don't like her, <laughs> yeah, peeve her off one day, just get her sneezing within the complexity of the million ways you can aim at being kind or good. Um, there's a whole lot of things that are clearly not that, there's a whole lot of things that are clearly vices that are clearly crossing the line the other way, you know, be kind. <laughs> well, we did hear that a lot, right? We, and you could clearly see, hold on, hold on. We did. Don't go to church. And you wonder what cruel is, <laughs> eh, if that was kind? Kindness, which was... <laughs> be kind, yeah, that was, was the irony. It was preached from the pulpit, It's a right? bit like Hitler saying, be kind, be kind, you know. I mean, I raised I raised uh, the economic uh, prosperity of, of some Germans, so I'm kind. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple other things I want to talk about before <laughs> yeah, we yeah. wrap this up, because this has been a great conversation. Do you want me to sing a Jacinda song? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Let's keep her out of it. Let's keep her out. Let's have a nice day today. Let's be kind. Let's be yeah, yeah, yeah. virtuous. Be, We're be, all trying to forget. Yeah, We're trying to right. forget. No. no, she saved us. Let's face it. If, we, yeah. if she hadn't um, done everything she did, we'd all be dead, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, believe it if you want to. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, all praise be Jacinda. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, so, Carry on. Yeah. That's for the censors, that one there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the might, Ministry of Truth. Did you make hear it that? on air? Um, no. Um, so well, uh, there's two other things I want to talk a couple of things I want to talk about. And, and one is more talking about the philosophical. And, and to finish with, I want to talk on a sort of finish on a practical note with okay. you. But the, the philosophical one, uh, one is I, I, I see in the modern West today, because we've lost sight of this, it's so frustrating to me because we, we in one sense, we sort of. Um, that we, we don't expect virtue, but we demand it. We we don't really train for virtue. We don't encourage you to be schooled in it. But then when someone does the slightest thing wrong, we want to cancel them. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's this this sort of um schizophrenic mind yeah. almost. But what and what I see and we is we expect more of others than we're prepared to give. Yes. Yeah. 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 The uh, ultimate I, virtue I, signal I, I is, remember, uh, yeah. is, is is a projection. I yeah. project onto you what I'm not going to do yeah. myself. It's quite a mature way. It's like it's like um did you ever know, hear of a lady called Janet Smith? She used to do uh, yes, yeah. presentations P- on Dr. Janet Smith. things. Yeah, yeah I still follow her. Work. Great woman. Yeah. Um, I remember one of her talks that I had once I recorded, and it was she was saying, you know, some teachers will get up in front of a class and say, oh, you know, 
write down the 10 things you want in your perfect spouse, you know, yeah. uh, to the teenagers. And they might list down and, you know, some of them might concentrate on looks for a while, but they'll eventually get to some qualities and some virtues, <laughs> yeah. some things they want them to be honest and they want them to be true and they want them to be faithful and they want them to be whatever, forgiving. Or diddly diddly diddly. Yeah. The, the flaw in that usually is that that's where it ends and then you're wandering around with your little list in your head yeah. going, oh, well, I found somebody's got six of the ten. I can work on the other four, you know. And and you're looking for the imaginary person that you've invented, and who is and where is the person who's that person and that one? I thought they had it, but then they ended up having this one fault. So then I'm I'm off, you know. So there's that. But she said what 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 she would do with that list is then flip it around and say, okay, so that's the qualities you want to have in a spouse. Are they also the qualities you want to have as a spouse? As a wow. So so now, how, are you going to magically get all those virtues Great on Christian. day one of your mm. wedding, or or <laughs> do you need to start working on them now? What are you doing right now about being yeah. honest? What are you doing right now about being brave and courageous and generous? You know, um, and, and I thought that was good, and I I did I did that uh, that inspired me to do a little trick on a group of girls I took on retreat when I was teaching at St Mary's College years ago. Yeah, and uh, you know that thing where you all got a blank bit of paper and you look at the person that, or you write your name on it. I oh, think, yeah, yeah. And you, then you write something really nice about the person, about, is it the person next to you? Yeah, and then you fold it over and then you hand, hand it, it around. Yeah. It goes around in a big circle before it gets back to you. And then it's yeah. meant, you're meant to read all these lovely comments everybody wrote about you, you know? Yeah. So I did this exercise and they were passing it around and around and around and around. And just before the time where you hand it back and you get your own one back. Yeah. I collected them all. <laughs> And I said, right, we'll throw these away now. <laughs> like, well, no, I want to read them. I want to read them. I want to read them. Read them. I said, well, what would be the point of that? The whole point of the exercise was you forgot yourself for five minutes and you started thinking about yeah, what was brilliant. good about other people. And now you brilliant. want to revel in yourself at the end and just ruin the whole thing? Brilliant. <laughs> Some harsh <laughs> lessons in humility. Yeah. Tear it all up. <laughs> Beautiful. You are dust. And under dust, this dust sheet of paper return. return. That reminds me. Can I tell you another game we played on retreat? The yeah? game, mate. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, the theme was unity, yeah? Yeah. Anyway, I said, well, you get unity by doing lots of things together, like games. So we're going to play cards today. And I'm going to show you a new card game. But before we do, let's just warm up. We'll do it. Oh, first, no, before that, I had them tie, tie, a knot, tie a bit of string from one wrist to the other. Yeah. And the other person, their partner has the string woven around their string and they're tied from one wrist to the oh, other. Yeah. So you've got, and you go, right, you guys got to work out by cooperating how to get un untangled without cutting the string or anything like that. Yeah. Just work it out, you know, and off they go. No, it can't be done. Yeah. So they're trying for ages, all sorts of things, but it, it doesn't happen. While that's going on, I go around to the naughtiest ones. Yeah. And I go, okay, this whole thing's impossible actually, but I, um, the reason I'm doing it is to keep those guys busy while I tell you the real plan. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, mister. Oh. And I'm like, so the real plan is we're going to play a game of Snap, but you're going, you guys are going to be the cheats. Yeah. So what's going to happen is you start playing normally, just Snap, you know, 2-2, two, yeah. two, Snap. Is it called Snap? Yeah, Snap. Yeah, yeah Snap. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but then you start snapping when it's not a snap. So yeah. just make up a rule. So, you know, two even numbers, snap. Yeah. Or they were the same color, snap. Yeah. Or, or, or any time a king followed by two, it's a snap. Yeah. Just make it up. 
And, 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 and if it turns into trouble, just say that's how we always play it at home. <laughs> and if it turns into real trouble, just call me and I'll back you. Oh, so yeah. this is now a sociological experiment yeah. rather than a game. And they're like, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> yeah. So I got about, I got about uh, six of these cheats, three pairs of these cheats, yeah. and make them numbers one to six, you know, they're the leaders. And then you number everyone one to six so that everyone's yeah. got one cheat in their team. Yeah. And off they go to play snap. And then, but they're sufficiently spaced out that they can't hear that every group is fighting. <laughs> because this cheat is ruining the game in every group. Oh, and they're calling me over and I'm like, what's going on? And they go, he's cheating, mister. I'm not cheating until we play it at home. <laughs> and I said, oh, hold on, hold on. There's more than one way to play snap. You know, don't be judgmental. <laughs> Try and get on. This is supposed to be about unity, okay? Tolerance. And I walk off. And they carry on and they're in big, huge fights. And then at the very end, I call them all together. I say, now who won? And of course, all the cheats hands go straight up. <laughs> And the other's like, they didn't win, they cheated, they all cheated. Blah, 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 blah. They're all like dogs barking. Yeah. And like, the whole thing is, you can't have unity without truth. Brilliant. You've got to, you Brilliant. can't be in different universes and think that you're going to connect. Yeah. You know, we've got to be in the same, the same that game. Sacred, transcendent yeah. Yeah. truth, which is what I was like. <laughs> See, this, this brings me yeah. nicely into this. the other part of the question I wanted to ask is it because it, well, I guess the conversation really pointed was it seems to me now that we've, because we've lost sight of the sacred sense of truth. We're now elevating things and calling them virtues. They're not virtues. So tolerance, which you've just talked about, right. it's not a virtue. No, um, it's Doubt and irrational skepticism are now held up yeah. like, oh, that, that yeah. was the new atheist problem. Yeah. You know, everything should be, we yeah. should be skeptical about everything. Well, it's, yeah. And, it, and even trust, like um, on a positive side, it's not a virtue to trust every single thing. No. You've got to discern. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and yeah. It's not a virtue to tolerate everything. You've got to discern. Yeah. Sometimes tolerance is good for a while. Tolerance, yeah. by definition, means you're putting up with something bad for a while. Yeah. Um, so you don't tolerate good things. You tolerate bad things. And it's, ne- and it's, only, it's not indefinitely. Because they're not going to conquer everything, but because there'll be a better way out of it than if yeah. you don't tolerate that. Great point. Yeah, and when I, I was once on an aeroplane. So, so again, sorry, before hmm. you say that question, then that that's not our culture doesn't really want tolerance; it wants indifference. Just ignore. Well, they say they want tolerance while they're in the group that don't have the ascendancy. Yes. So, so, so for example, if they perceive that there's a lot of Christian values everywhere yeah. in a society, but they want to live in an anti-Christian way, yeah. then they'll ask for tolerance. Do you know who the first to really mm. do that was? John Stuart Mill. That was his big what, thing. What was his thing? This whole thing of um, tolerance and pro- that was his whole progressive mm. thing. That, they always argued uh, their uh, way in by but, tolerance. Yeah, and it, he wasn't thinking for everybody. His idea was t- against the dominant Christian thought. Yeah, well, it will be, and so it's and and, and it's part of Christianity to be merciful and to be to, mm. to be to be tolerant to a degree because because Christ is tolerant of us. Like he yeah. he he he's 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 gentle. What it really means, yeah. He's gentle. He doesn't hammer us with all the truth about ourselves that'll crush us on day one. Yeah. He actually slowly leads us, and he and he leads. And sometimes we take a long time to convert. And he's very patient. Yeah. He's gentle, and, he, and some you could use the word tolerance there. It's not quite the right word. Well, but here's the but thing: could sort it, of it always it. has a limit. A limit, though. Yeah. Because it, he's always engaged in a movement of love, but then it comes to the point where he's like, "Okay, I'm no longer tolerant of your decision." At the end of time, the final judgment, you've, you're going in that yeah, direction because he respects your freedom. Yeah. Even if it's radically against him. He doesn't say, I'll keep tolerating the sin now. Come on into heaven. No. Well, heaven is only possible in, I mean, the whole meaning of heaven can't be made by a person who rejects him. Yeah. So, so yeah. There has to be intolerance there to make it, to have heaven. Yeah. And so, um, 
Yeah, but what 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 has obviously happened? I mean, it happened quite a long time ago, but it's very obvious now yeah. that that the groups that argued their way through tolerance to get mm. to the ascendancy have suddenly become the most intolerant of anybody oh, yeah. ever. Yeah. And, so, and, and and all the idea that there was ever a Christian Inquisition. Yeah. You know, and if uh, one day we'll do a session on the Inquisition, because if you think there was a massive Inquisition and. <laughs> Middle Ages and how evil it was. Uh, the real Inquisition it goes on now. Where, where, where? Uh, did you say the word Trump without spitting and frowning? Ah, uh, uh, yeah. you need. You must be an insurrectionist. Um, well, you know. no, it's it's even worse now. It's <laughs> have you posted anything um, against Israel on your timeline today? Mm. And just silence now is enough to yes, your, your, is before sense. the Inquisition. Yes, exactly. So, so you've got this most intolerant, judgmental, narrow, ridiculous group of people. That are that are um, persecuting normal people living a life. Yeah, in the name of a woke agenda that they that they've canonised as the new virtue. And they think they are the victims, which is much much what yeah. makes it so dangerous. Is you have all that power and you think you're the victim. Yeah, built on victimhood and bullying. Yeah, and 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 it's the ultimate irony. I mean, and the and the trans agenda is the biggest or the the most obvious one yeah. because the claim is that. In any poor character that didn't that doubted their identity would have been bullied. So so the solution is they become the ultimate bullies of every single person on earth. Yeah. So now so now so now um, you know you have to call me what I say you have to call me. Yeah. You have to bow the bow your head to this trans agenda. If yeah. you won't do that, you've got no place in our society whatsoever, and you're dangerous, and you shouldn't be allowed to work, and you shouldn't be allowed to do anything. Um, you know, in the end, you'll be in prison yeah. because because you have to bow down to me. And and Jordan Peterson summed it up quite well, I think, that, uh, when he talked about the way two year olds play. Yeah, uh, and the way four-year-olds play, you know. So two-year-olds are going to make the rules. I'm the king, and you're the servant. You have to stand over there, and you have to call me <laughs> sir. And and if you no, you can't. You're not allowed to move without calling me sir. No, 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 no. That's the tranny performance. And 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 um, you know, by the time you're four, you might learn to share your toys. They just haven't got to four yet. Yep. Well, and it's it's the funny thing is again, it's, it's not them anyway. It's it's actually the, the the it's not even them. They're just the tools in the game. I think yeah. that's being played by the liberal elites because yeah. the liberal elites aren't all trannies, but no. they're using that as a way to bludgeon Christians and uh, anybody yes. with traditional values. Yeah, and then your average liberal is powerless because the Enlightenment liberalism doesn't give them a objective standard and a measure yeah. to hold it all. Yeah. It's like, I'll oh, just live and let live. And so what they do yeah. is they say, okay, you've got to live and let live, Robert. I identify as a woman. You must live and let live. And well, they don't really mean live and let live. No. You must because conform, live and let live would you be... You must conform or die. Yeah, so live and let live would be, <laughs> okay then, um, Brendan, mm. you identify as a woman, go and live your life. No, mm. in actual fact, the whole of society must be restructured now mm. and you must call me a certain thing. Our yeah. birth certificate laws must all change. And you must let That's me, not live you, and let you live. You must even let me put on my odd garments and talk to your four-year-old, and yeah. if I can convince your imaginative four-year-old that they might want to be something else, yeah. then I'll take them off to get the surgery done, and it's none of your business. Yeah, and that's held up as all yeah. part of this grand new virtue. And, 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 it's and nonsense. if at the end of the day he then wants to come back as a woman and beat the pulp out of some poor girl in a boxing match, yeah. um, that's his right too. Yeah. But um, uh, And anyone who says anything is phobic. Yeah. You know? Um, they well, lack, well, they we lack, know all this, they but, lack but, virtue. But that's, but that's the thing of, of if you make a thing that's not an actual virtue, yeah. a virtue, it's like respect. Respect yeah. is good for what should be respected. Respect for things that shouldn't be respected isn't good.
Well, it's trust, kind of trust in things that shouldn't be trusted isn't good. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, tolerance for things that shouldn't be tolerated isn't good. Yeah. And, and and part of the virtue of courage is working out what should we tolerate, what should we endure, yes, and what should we crush. Yes. Because because if there's somebody if there if if you've got an idea that the babysitter might be molesting the children, you don't tolerate. No. You you you've got to stop that you immediately. Act you've got immediately. to absolutely yeah. act. Yeah. And, and, and 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 to tolerate that in the name of some woolly philosophy of tolerance is going to just be child abuse. And, that, and that's where you go back again to Aristotle. There's it's it's a disintegration that happens. And yep. um the and and Christianity explains why the devil comes as the angel of light. He will come to parody that which is good to try and pull you into disintegration. Yes. And then prudence is essential to order the virtues properly. Exactly. And supernatural prudence will look to the supernatural end. So so the natural yeah. prudence will look to the natural end, yes. which is good family, good society, good friends, good life. Yeah. And and good life properly discerned. So like the higher things higher, the lower things lower. Yeah. Um that's already good. And not many people are even at that natural level of virtue. No, no. And then and then and then the supernatural virtue is whole life oriented to full communion with God in heaven. Yeah. How, how does that influence the way I bring up my kids? How does yeah. that? What do I do? I teach them to pray. I teach them to be grateful. I teach them to give thanks. I teach them to seek God's help when they're in trouble. I teach them to trust their parents for for their uh, and the church for advice and 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 help and support. Yeah. You know. Um, it's going to overflow in lots of, you know, infinite number of ways, really. Well, you know, on that point, it can very, be very easy to fall into despair at the state of culture and mm. their lack of virtue around us. But you know mm. what the funny thing is? Speaking of um, people seeing in the natural things that point to God, mm. I've there's been a couple of very high-profile cases race, recently, people mm. seeing the disintegration yeah. and recognizing there must be a God. So JP Sears, who converted recently to Christianity, mm -hmm. said he looked around and saw the evil in the world mm. and thought, oh, there must be a God. Exactly. There's, there's a, that case of the baby um, who has just died by court order in, um, oh, in no. the UK. That, and, and the father, mm. who wasn't a Christian, he said, he said, I've been dragged through hell and that's mm. made me, I, he got baptized yeah. because of it and became exactly. a Christian. That's the sixth trumpet in Apocalypse. Okay. Um, uh, the, in the sixth trumpet, the angels are told, let, let, okay, let the winds blow now. I will, yeah. The angels are told to, to blow. Yes. Before they were the angels holding back the winds. Yeah. They were holding back the winds until we've been marked on the forehead, in other words, until we've been sealed by God and so that they won't destroy everything. And then, they, then, and then in the fifth trumpet of Apocalypse, there's so much smoke coming from the pit and um, there's there's false messiahs and false messiahs emerge. Mm. Basically, the Messiah before was described, according to four living creatures: a lion, and a, an ox, the face of a man, and an eagle. Mm. Christ, the Lion of Judah, the victory. And um, the ox is the animal of sacrifice, giving himself in sacrifice. The merciful face of Christ, showing us the the real heart of the Father. And then the gaze of the eagle into into the sun is yep. the contemplative Christ contemplating his father. Those yep. four things were summing up Christ's incarnation in in the earlier part of Revelation. And suddenly you get locusts mm. and they are weirdos. They have they have noisy wings. So yes. they have wings like eagles, but they're not contemplative eagles. They're noisy eagles. Yeah. They have teeth of lion, so they'll tear you apart. They have scales on their breasts, so they, they don't want to give themselves in sacrifice. And, and they don't have the merciful face of Christ, the face of a man, but they do have women's hair. 
So it's like seductive something or other. Yeah, you know? yeah. I imagine it's purple tranny hair, actually. It's not actually real woman's hair. <laughs> That's Robert's uh, personal scriptural yeah. uh, but, commentary. <laughs> but they're like, they're, like, they're like promising you everything Christ promises you, and they can't deliver. And, and it's interesting in, in, the, in the book of in the Trumpets, death is actually um, conversion. It's, it's like John says at the beginning, I heard a voice, I turned to see him, I fell down as dead, yeah. and I was lifted up again. And, and, and in the first four trumpets, which aren't woes, th- a third of them die, meaning they convert. Mm. And, and, and the next three, when all the bad things emerge, um, the false messiahs can't kill. They can only torture because they yeah. can't really convert you and lead you to truth. All they can do is promise that and then not deliver it. Yeah. And, and, and so it's like a torture. Do you know the other thing I was thinking about as you're saying that is about locusts? Is it, again, it points to a privation again because a locust strips you and leaves you with nothing. Right. Yeah. You, you, yeah, there's total disintegration. Yeah, like a raid, and and and, and the next trumpet says, okay, let, let, so what, what what do we got? What is all the smoke? It's all the propaganda. It's all the false ideologies coming up from the underworld. Yeah, yeah. Um, communism. It's gonna it's gonna be the great savior. It's gonna make everybody yeah. equal and brotherly. Um, <laughs> contraception. It's gonna stop all abortion. It's gonna make all families flourish. We're never gonna have divorce. You know, yeah. <laughs> all those things, and they prove themselves to be completely hollow and empty. Transgenderism, you know, uh, if we can just get rid of the distinction between man and woman, we'll, we'll end up with everybody. Total happy. equality. Yeah, and 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 the more it's allowed to happen, the more we see this is empty nonsense. Yeah. All of it is ruining our humanity. It's the locust destroying our crop and our grain, yeah. our patrimony, yeah. our future. It's we all have being eaten. We nothing to offer anymore. We can't even offer man, woman, child. Yeah. So, so um, the family, you know, the basic unit. So, so, so. What happens in that, it gets unleashed and a third of them convert from that. So, 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 yeah. and it's like, and we're seeing high profile conversions all the time. Yeah. Jordan Peterson's wife's becoming a Catholic in Easter. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, Milo Yiannopoulos has had a big inner conversion uh, yeah. with a conversion with a thing to St. Joseph. Yeah. He's, he's, he's fighting for chastity now with, and helping others. Um, it's interesting, eh? Um, there is, there's still God is at work even in the midst of the desolation. Always. Um, uh, That's why he allows it because he's, he's actually doing his work in the middle of it. There is still virtue. The virtue yeah. of hope is not lost. <laughs> exactly. And hope is exactly the virtue of living that victory while you're in watching the defeat. Total despair. Yeah. Tolkien talked about this, abiding, Mary, abiding the long defeat, he called it. Mary at the cross. Hmm. This is a victory. I haven't got the faintest idea how, <laughs> Yeah. but it's a victory. I'm still standing I, here. I have to trust in that. And I have to trust even on the Saturday when he's in the tomb and everyone else has run off yeah. that there's some victory in this. And that's why Saturday's Mary's Day in the church because she's keeping hope alive. She's trusting it, all the way to the resurrection. It, it's Look, honestly, it's fascinating. Eh? Um, let, let's try and wrap this up because we're, at, we're, we're closing in on, on the two-hour mark. But I think what we, we need to come back and have another episode talking about the book of Revelation, the book of the Apocalypse because we've touched on it today yeah. and we definitely need to delve into that. Um, that would take us 12 hours, but we can do it. Oh, well, they're easy. Six easy. twos are 12. In fact, um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to stop at six. We better make it 14 hours. No, let's just go. We'll go. We don't want six, six, six. We'll lock ourselves and do a weekend live stream. <laughs> seven, seven, um, seven. Um, let's see who the real, yeah, real 21 disciples hours. are. We'll do 21 hours. <laughs> who wants to join our cult? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No. Oh, I thought of a couple of ideas for a cult. I'll tell you later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see yeah, if we, we we'll get yeah. them. We'll get them copyrighted first, mm. then we'll start them. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, mate. One's uh, the four corners of the earth. Yeah. So you, all, all you got to do for a cult is find one verse of the Bible no one's ever taken literally. Yeah. And insist that it's the main one, and it has to absolutely be taken literally. <laughs> 
That's what that's what the blimmin' one forty four thousand in heaven turned into. That's right. And the three sons of the three the three heavens of the Mormons and that's all that. That's right. They just take one verse and that's it. Everything's so, literal. You know, I found I found a verse that's in the four corners of the earth. Yeah, well, there we go. There we go. We'll talk about that later. It's cubed. Um, okay, <laughs> but but we'll come. We will do another episode about that. Um, but uh, on a practical note, because I think it would be good to sort of say, okay, we've had a I think a very um, fruitful and um, flourishing sort of discussion here. Robert, what what would you say, just to wrap it all up, someone who says, okay, practically, how do I start living this then? I understand the beauty of this theory here, and it's really grabbed me, but how do I now apply this practical wisdom I've heard you speak of? I would say you be attentive to the people around you, (laughs) (laughs) and it's the people you live with, it's the people you work with, it's the people you're in contact with every day, because presence is the only real food for love. Yeah. And and um and appreciative of their goodness and grateful. So 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 basically the things that open us up mm. humility is one of the main ones, but humility comes through gratitude. You have to realize you're not controlling everything, running everything, manipulating everything. You are actually receiving everything yeah. and you're giving thanks for everything. Beautiful. And and and, and, and that you start doing it to people and you start to realize each person contains a treasure that's beyond our capturing as we want to adhere to them. We don't want to control them. We don't want to possess them. We want yeah. to discover them. And and um, and we, maybe we should relook at the people that we've written off over the years. Yeah. We don't have to be everybody's friend. We do in Christ, but that's a different matter. That means we want everyone to be in heaven with us. It yeah. doesn't mean we have to spend our days with every single person. Well, we couldn't but have been possible, right? <laughs> yeah, but, well, yeah. but not yet. But but that's a different extension of friendship. But in the immediate friendship, um, we have to watch out that we're not being sucked into that world of of um, quickly labeling and dismissing. Yeah. Seek out why a person's saying a thing that is even when it's off. Yeah, you know what's the hurt behind that? What's the wound? What's the what's the truth they're trying to get at, but they've got it in the yeah. wrong way? You know, and, and and we're looking for affirming the true and the good. Yeah, in every imperfect person we're meeting, because none of us are perfect, and we and um, no one we expect to meet should be perfect. And virtue is a movement towards the good, right? Perfect. Yeah. So we should be trying to move towards that ourselves. We're on our way, but we're not there. Yeah. Well, if we're not there, we don't condemn. We don't condemn someone else because they're not perfect yet. No. And nor do we condemn ourselves because we're not perfect yet. But 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 at the same time, we don't want to settle for mediocrity. No. We want to actually strive for a full life. Yeah. And a full life isn't me building myself. It's me finding others and rejoicing in them and, and they'll rejoice in me. So it's not it's not a one way street. It's two way street. So in essence, that essential Christian concept of self giving love is the key. Yeah. And allow that to actually so give yourself to that and then allow that to be your master of virtue because it'll teach you you to do yeah. it well you have to and stick at it, you have yeah. to grow in virtue. Yeah, it's otherness. We have to find the other. Yeah, in their goodness and their truth. And community is essential because because annoying yeah. people who will call you out of out of yourself and call you to love mm. only they have to be close to you. So you have yeah. to go where they are and be with them. And uh, and if we were really brave about it, we'd say let's throw our phones away or at least put them away for significant periods of the day. Yeah, and 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 look for real presence instead of distance. Yeah. Awesome. Relationships because that's distance is really open to the imagination, which can go anywhere. Yeah, and I heard I heard a priest say once, the devil wants to keep everyone in their imagination all the time because it's the one place you don't meet God because he's in the real. 
He's yeah, not in the beautiful. So we, we need to rediscover spending time with each other. Children have to rediscover playing together outside. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not about being glued in front of a game or a dazzling TV because screen because it's going to be a good babysitter. No. It's about all the games we used to make up outside imaginatively around around the yard or something. Yeah. You know? Um, and then that's just getting kids right. Get them back to art. Get them back to playing. Get them back to spending quality time. You know, families eating together instead of everyone dispersed on their own yeah. screen. Um, <laughs> yeah. the screens are doing us a hell of a lot of injustice, actually. Yeah, I agree. And I think it kills creativity as well because we know mm. if you're going to be creative, I mean, creat- creativity is important. It's a it's a way we image God. Um, mm. But it's also um, to do that well, you have to be bored because you're most creative when you are in a state of rest. Um, the other thing is yeah. um, it's for something. So what is it for? It's for making the world more conducive to human contact. Yeah, to relationships and friendships, and family, yeah. and if it's and God, and if it's not that, it's going the other way. So, so we can use our creativity to destroy the world or to make the world yeah. better. Yeah, true. And so, so, so it's a force for, and that's what we've got to remember about the human economy. The human economy is not a goal; it's it's a means. Yeah. And if it takes over and swamps everybody's ability to have a family life, yes, then uh, it's killed it. Yeah, you yeah. become everything becomes We're slaves. Homo economicus. Yeah, back to yeah. Pharaoh and the and the building the pyramids and yeah. not enjoying them. Yeah, yeah, man, spot on. Well, right, Robert, that was great as per usual. I think we've broken our record too now. That's two hours. Oh, there we so, go. So, um, so yeah, we're about to hit two hours. We, we, we've okay. Time <laughs> we've, for a drink. We've done. We've done well. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, we're going to shut off the the uh, recording device in a second. Um, and uh, talk about some other stuff, some ideas going forward because, uh, yeah, I want to pitch a few concepts to Robert for um, for something for next year. Sounds and, good. Um, so, uh, but before I do that, um, Robert, I just want to say thank you again. Pleasure. You know, thank, thank you, you for being such a good friend that you came here and – Hard cuz. <laughs> oh, choice, <laughs> bruh. So, um, yeah, it was sweet <laughs> ass, man. Hard, and, hard and just gave of your time to have this conversation. All good. Beautiful. Thank you.